comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. The whole world's waking up. All the city buses swimming past. I'm happy just because I found out I You are listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast for season eight, episode twelve of The Walking Dead, entitled "The Key." I'm your host, Craig Demanda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newworth. I have the lock. I've got the key, <laughs> Mr. Richard Chubtone Sheldon. Craig, yeah. Don't you touch her. Don't you touch her. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Come on. Come on. What more do you want? I mean, that was perfect. Talk about it. (laughs) Mr. Russell Latham. Hello. Hey, Mr. Daryl Taylor. How you doing? Are you mystical tonight? I mean, you you put a picture on Facebook a few minutes ago. You were in this Jedi monk-like hoodie. I'm prepared to discuss what has happened in this episode. You're you're in a calm place. You're you're you're, you're in touch with the vibes. I am in a very calm place okay. right now. I I am I am one with you all. <laughs> very good, <laughs> Mr. Jim Dietz. Now I know what I'm going to do in the apocalypse. I'm going to open up a used record store. You had to get that many records. And what's the there deal with records? Go. Like like can't CDs work too in the apocalypse? Why why records? Like what's the deal? Because with that? you don't Turn necessarily need it. You don't necessarily need electricity to play records. You can actually use a hand for Like a Victrola yeah. type of thing? Like one of those old yeah. school? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yep. It's, also, so it's also a lot easier to fix the record needle than it is a laser. So. Yep. Yeah. Think, think Bioshock. No, no, no. I, I get it. It just seems uh-huh. like the, like power hasn't been a problem lately. And here's, But now here's, I get it. I know what you're saying. Here's, like a Victrola. Here's, here's, yeah. here's the Twilight Zone twist, though. All of the records are Beth recordings. Although Georgie and the Twins won't seem to mind that, it seems like. That's maybe up there. That's a good band name for Beth. Georgie and the Twins. (laughs) Featuring Beth. (laughs) Oh, so here we are, guys. But we have some news to talk about first before we jump into the episode. Um, And I think it was you, Aaron, I think Chubb, you posted it too. There is a special screening of the season finale and the season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. Be, uh, was it through Fathom Events, I guess? And yeah, I got the theater a, near you. I, so thank you I got for the a, link. I, I got a fancy press email detailing all this stuff, and I was like, oh, I guess I can go to this. <laughs> so, <all right. laughs> I, guess, wow. I guess it's happening now. I guess I'll go. That's it. That's some no, enthusiasm yeah. there for sure. Uh, it actually is nice because I'll get to see it at the same. Well, I'll get to see it at the same exact time for a change because it's going to be broadcast live. Wait, so wait, wait. It's like, so what does that mean exactly? So it means you're going to see it at six p.m. like your time. Yeah. Okay, we we get to watch it at nine. Is that how it goes? So, okay. We'll do a live streaming event through Fathom, 
Don't yeah. you always watch it at six, Aaron? Oh, I know you don't watch it then, but don't you get the feed at six? <laughs> no, no, he's oh, delayed. Okay. He's time delayed. They did, they did away with that a while ago. I remember, like, I remember the. I was thinking about that the other day, actually. The I remember the first couple seasons, AMC is still like they had like their East Coast feed out here on the West Coast for whatever reason, yeah. and they kind of they took that away. <laughs> like, oh well, I just wow. I just play the live feed on the AMC.com and it's on at six. Yeah, that works so. for you. That's a good way yeah. to go. Well, they called me to come down. You know how it is. They wanted <laughs> to be there to sign autographs and stuff. But I said, you know what? No, we're going to stay in New York and, and watch it amongst the people. That's well, what I said. You can watch it at your local theater. That's the beauty of Fathom Events. It's it streamed across the entire country. I want to I want to watch it the way God intended on my TV. I, see, I was thinking about that because I have a really good surround sound system, even though I'm like, I guess I can't really watch these dark scenes lately on my TV, but my surround sound system is really good, and I like watching The Walking Dead at home, but there is something to be said. Wouldn't it be nice to see it on the big screen for once? That's got like, to be pretty cool, right? I mean, I don't I, know. I, I like to hope that there are episodes that warrant a big screen experience. Um, I, I can assume The Walking Dead finale will probably have some theatrics going on. I'd like to think that beyond just needing desperately to have more viewing audiences for Fear the Walking Dead, they have something actually going on to make it worthy of a big screen experience as well. So it's it's clever. Like it's a clever approach to continue making people want to watch Fear the Walking Dead in some way. I can I can admire the attempt here. And they they said they'll have like some stuff going on in the whole in in the middle, I guess, I suppose. I guess. They usually have some extras, like some uh, special yeah. interviews and stuff like yes. that. Yeah. Maybe a live feed of them watching it in a theater like where yeah. they are, if, yeah, in LA or something. If, if it's just Chris Hardwick, I'll be like, yeah, whatever. It but probably I mean, actually, <laughs> to tell you the truth, it may be. Now that you say that, it probably was. Hey guys, it probably well, will be. welcome it to the special will. Fathom event, guys. I hope you're all enjoying mm-hmm. this. We're gonna get through this together. We're wow, gonna get through episode. this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've, I've gone to some Fathom events before, like for uh, riff tracks and whatnot. Right. And they yeah. Did a live feed, and they, they usually felt the theater. So I mean. I mean, Walking Dead Star is a pretty heavy fandom, so I guess they might be able to fill up some seats. And maybe, maybe some cosplayers will show up. You never know. Yeah. You and never bunch, know. Bunch of, bunch of six-year-old kids dressed as Negan. Yeah, they're, they're plastic Negan bats walking around. R- Russ, what do you think? I mean, you're you're the you're the audio file. You're the video file here. What's the what do you think? Is it worth it? Uh, are you gonna do it? Eh. Eh. I mean, it's still. I mean, it's still intended as a TV presentation. So yeah, and The Walking Dead is not a. How do I put this? It it's kind of a grimy looking production, which I mean that's not a knock against it. It's it's intended to to be that way. Yeah, they shoot sixteen millimeter for the show. Right, I mean, it's not digital. Yeah. No, right, yeah. I don't know. Is fear? Do they do fear on film or do they do fear digitally? Fear looks different. I don't know. Because it, no, it has a different digital. aesthetic to it. It does. Yeah. yeah, fear could be digital. Now that you say I'll that, look, I'll look. I'll look this up now that I'm thinking about it. But no, I think this is probably, this is. This yeah. is by default the most excited I probably could be for a premiere of Fear of the Walking Dead. I would say, like, I don't, I'm not exactly anticipating it otherwise. So it's like, well, that's something. And obviously, <laughs> it's going to dovetail too. We know that the storyline because they've hinted it, but obviously now we know something's going to happen with Morgan and it's going to dovetail right into the <laughs> yeah. first episode. We right. know that the, the I mean, giant, like, the yeah. giant yeah. poster is him in the middle <laughs> being like, "I don't want to do this." Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's got to have Rick in it, right? So it's going to be just Rick taking him to the fear camp and going hi carl and then walking away and leaving him there oh that's the cross that's that's part of the crossover rick is involved yeah, yeah. sure why not he's got to be a part of everything doesn't he <laughs> well, i doubt it 
I, I think it's just worth Now, I don't know if I'd want to do that, though, and, and because knowing some Walking Dead fans, not anybody on this podcast or any of our listeners, but they're the type that I just know would not shut the hell up in the theater and would just annoy me to no end. What do you so, mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Are they growling like, like zombie growls or what? Oh, look, Daryl! I could just I could just see it. I could just imagine like it. Like the girls the going or when they see Negan or something or Daryl or there's any, the clapping. Any, and, any, and, any depending on, depending yeah, on the depending on what I'm watching, that doesn't bother me necessarily, though, if it's The Walking Dead. It'll be a fan event. I'm I'm sure, I mean, you'll get that more because it'll be more of a fan event than it will be just going to see it regularly. It it annoys me going to the theater now for just a normal movie showing and the people pulling out their phones and lighting up the damn theater. You hit that age. You hit that age. (laughs) It's true. If it weren't for the fact that there are just certain films I have to see on the big screen, like Marvel films, DC, um, I mean, even that Annihilation recently, because that was made to be seen in a theater. Sorry, Netflix. Um, But other than that, it's just annoying to go to the theater anymore, because people just have no respect for the theater. How many Fathom events have you guys gone to? I mean, Jim, you said you've been to one. I was at a Star Trek, the next generation, the one where they, you know, played... um, some of the newly restored stuff. Oh, came I'm so out. mad! I missed one it, in DC. They had the best they of both worlds as like a movie, right? It was like a two, uh, like a two hour movie. Well, they had Wrath of Khan actually. They, last, they did uh, that, uh, but I. But my point month. is, I was one of like six people in the theater, literally. Like it, it was not. Really? I'm just kidding. Me and John, me straight with you guys. It was not packed. Now that was a 20 year old TV show. This is obviously more hot. It's more right. current. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think? You think it'll be a pretty good draw? It depends on what you're watching. I mean, if you're watching crappy Star Trek reruns, then yeah, it's not going to be that crappy. <laughs> 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 if you're watching... Oh, <laughs> oh, God, fire. How dare you? <laughs> Mr. <Wolf>. Fire! <laughs> like, it, it depends on the area, too, and demographics and whatnot. Like, there's, like, you know, places in L.A. or New York or big cities where, you know, they draw a bigger crowd for certain types of events, like the, like, the, like, the, like the Game of Thrones stuff, where, you know, this will probably draw those kind of crowds to, you know, a certain set of audiences. Same with Star Trek, obviously. Gotcha. And then they do, like, the, the TCM classic stuff, which is not my preferred way to watch it because they don't screen it right when they do those. But um, hold on a second, back up because it's digital, right? It's not like a big film type of thing, right? It's a digital streaming that comes in, right? Of of a 4K scan if it's a new remaster or something like that. Like it just it just yeah. it's a little diluted. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that one. You're right. It's and not, then like it's the, not pure. Uh, and the the riff tracks things, those are obviously very niche, so it's not necessarily going to yeah. pack every single screen. But at the well, same time, the people that want to see those things that'll enjoy it. Jim, you said your riff tracks was packed, right? Yeah, also yeah. we've gone to see like well when they have like the for instance when they restored Jaws um, to, uh-huh. to Blu-ray a few years ago we went and saw that on the big screen or when they restored uh, Lawrence of Arabia uh, we saw that and they they do draw a pretty good crowd so I mean who knows like yeah. like uh, like Daryl says this is going to be a good event for the fans you know it'll yeah. be a good chance for the Walking Dead fans to go out and do a little cosplay and have, have fun right and, uh, right I think well, that's been... what they're hoping for at least. Yeah, I've been to three Fathom events about eight, nine years ago when Led Zeppelin did their concert from the O2. Well, that's cool. And they, and they did it over. That was the first one I ever went to. Then I've been to two riff tracks, and all three of those were packed to the gills. So. Okay. The last one I think, the last one I went to was either the Maltese Falcon. Oh, or, that's awesome. Yeah, that's or, good. Or the Killing Joke, the Batman one, where everyone was like, "Ugh, this, right. <laughs> this has some problems." Um, but see, the Mal- Maltese was in four three though, right? It wasn't even widescreen; it was just regular four three. No, but it was a new transfer of the gotcha, the new gotcha, transfer gotcha. at the time of the film, so it was projected on a big screen. Fear mm-hmm. the Walking Dead shot on film, by the way. I'm looking at it right now. 
Fear is shot on film? Okay. It's shot on film, yeah. Not gotcha. 60 millimeter, but they shoot on film. Some other stock, I gotcha. Okay. They do, they actually, they do both. They they mix it. <laughs> no, because Walking Dead has a grainy look to it. I mean, Fear does yeah. too, it's a little different. But yeah. the, color, the filters are different or something. The coloring's different in Fear, but... Well, and it lends to the aesthetic of what we deal with in this post-apocalyptic zombie-filled world, so... Yeah. I don't know that the big screen will do the, the visual any justice, just... I don't know. I'd be curious I'm, if they've been planning this for some time, because if that's the mm-hmm. case, then they might have tried to put the effort into makes the episode more of a something that could work in that format. But I, you know, True. I don't, I don't think it's going to go that far as far as like it's you know, especially shot with yeah. IMAX cameras, like that Marvel show that we all love yeah. so much. Ugh. I mean, most of us are, you know, I mean, most of us mm-hmm. is going to go for something like that. We don't care about. Yeah, that that's the other thing of, too. <laughs> thing. Like you go for the event, you see it on a big screen, it's like. Looking at it on a gigantic TV. Yeah, it's um, the novelty. It's like, hey, yeah. we're working at a theater. Let's plug our Nintendo 64 into the screen. It's going to look <laughs> shitty. Why not? <laughs> but hey, Chubb, we can get popcorn, though, with hot butter on it. Just saying, come on. You, can, you know, that's... Uh, I bet you can. You know, come on. Come on, guys. Don't, right? don't you guys yeah. know how to make popcorn at yeah, home? Exactly. Yeah, but hold on. <laughs> it's never the same at the theater. Don't get me... Come on. I mean, you can not make it at home, same. but it's not yeah, the, the same. There's something about yeah, the theater. Yeah, because at the theater, you the got to get that picture. is like way, way more better than microwaving something right just getting sick <laughs> there's something about I the, have an the actual hot butter popcorn come on popper, so what well, air uh, popper or like uh, the the grease one the hot one with the no it's an air popper okay at home i can melt real butter and put it on there not that chemical oh, that they serve at the theater that real <laughs> butter just just to be clear that the goopy stuff at the theater is less healthy than melting a stick of butter on top of popcorn made at home. That's just I didn't big say a stick. <laughs> I said two sticks. All right, guys. Taking an odd turn. It has. Hey, what's the touch? I, I know. So the episode was called The Key, directed by Greg Nicotero, written by Corey Reed and Channing Powell. What are your initial thoughts on it, guys? <laughs> it's it's fun. Rick is crazy. There's some good stuff here. Uh, I, have, I have questions, but I mean, my main one is, why are you going to title the episode after something from the C storyline of the episode? Or should they have made the C storyline the A storyline, which I think would have been a lot more interesting. Because I, I want to know more about Georgie. I, I, think, I think you could thematically say that the key represents a number of things in this episode. I was uh, I was happy to see something that I, at least for me reminded me of something very much from the comic book. Uh, I don't want to spoil or whatever, but um, and I was happy to see the Dukes of Hazard crossover. <laughs> um, it was only a few yeah. seconds worth, but it was it was delicious. I know. That I was, really I know, but after as it happened, I heard that music. I heard that music. You know, just some good old boys. He, he was driving a Dodge Charger over a bat. <laughs> Great. All I know is yeah. I want to open a bar and the signature drink be the Flaming Lucille. That's a that's a good idea, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I mean, I I enjoy. I hope I was hoping for more. 
obviously. I wanted more car chases. Yeah, I was just yeah. I was yeah, spoiling like for it. Out of car chases. <laughs> All right, we're amping up the excitement of this car chase. Cut away, other stuff going on. All right, back and we're wrecked into a parking lot. Right, you see the end of the chase. It's like, wait a second, wait, what happened? Like, I wasn't expecting something at the level of Ronin. No. I mean, or, or or you know, the French Connection or or anything. I mean, obviously, no, I wasn't expecting but I like that, that, but one. I like. I don't care I, if it was OJ and the Bronco. I just wanted some drama out of a car well, chase. Well, I wanted. Remember the how they identity. did a cool? They did a Here. cool car chase with the Jeeps. Remember? Yeah, were, exactly. That was a cool one. That was a good. Yeah, that was, that was, was cool. Like, when was that? Like that? Which one? Which one with the Jeeps? That was, that the, was the when they got into a fight. Season. That was when Daryl got into a fight. The, the oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with, the, yeah. with the missile launcher and stuff. Yeah, that was, right. that was yeah, pretty right. cool. It's yeah, yeah. a sweet scene because, like, because uh, Carol's all, like, you know, like, she just, like, she knows something's going to happen. And suddenly, Rick and Daryl mm-hmm. show up chasing after him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, that's a cool, uh, you know. And uh, they had the she music. Hears like, him. They had the right music playing. And it's just, <laughs> you know, like, and Rick just had that look of, I got this. That's the like all, don't that's, put Rick behind the wheel of a Ford. He does some damage. He broke that guy's back when he was driving damage. that Crown Vic, right? Yeah, now yeah. he's driving an Explorer in this episode. He took out that. Oh, that, they uh, were superheroes, man. They was this is, they were superheroes in that, in that <laughs> episode. That's the one where every single listener suddenly became really concerned about logic. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say two weeks in a row of giving me the Negan that I want to see on this show. Here, and not here. the Negan that we get more of. Agreed. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he went a little bit with, like in Daryl's room. I mean, Dwight's room, like a little bit. But then he he pulled yeah. it back, like you said. Yeah, he, he did. Like, he did. Uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit is okay. Just right. the seasoning and a touch of that cockiness is okay. But the rest of it, where he's actually emoting what he's feeling and putting, you know, that's what I want. Not- he's in the groove now. He's definitely in the groove. Yeah. He, he, he felt. Yeah, he, no, he, uh, he's for sure. sure. Yeah, but it's knows. like it's less of a. It's not that he's like it's bad when he does the kind of bravado thing. It's just more of how the show deploys it, and it's been very yeah. inconsistent to me. And so it's like, yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree with Chubbs. This is like some they're doing whatever. If, either it's Morgan or the writers, but they're doing what needs to be done to make Negan work. I have other questions that we'll get into regarding other things. But well, yeah. I think now that they know they're going to have him on there longer than than probably originally planned. You got it. You got to, you know, think about how you're going to, how much time and how much. Is he signed for season? How much you're going to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. He is. I'm just curious because I haven't seen any news on it. Has the whole Lauren Cohen thing been cleared up nope. yet, or is that nope. still? No, nope. yeah, we're, we're still on Cohen watch on that one. Yeah, we still. <laughs> they cannot let her go. Her arc is getting so interesting. Not that it wasn't interesting to begin with, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm really digging Maggie even more. So let's jump into it. Uh, this right. recap was written by Brandon Davis from comicbook.com. Thank you very much, Brandon. We'll jump into it right now, see where it goes. The episode begins with a conversation between Negan and Dwight. Dwight explains how he ended up near the hilltop and with the saviors who found uh, who he found. Negan seems suspicious, but tells Dwight he did a good job and it's time to get to work. So it's kind of a little montage in the beginning. You see kind of this close-up mm-hmm. of Negan's face, and then you see... Um, well, then the next, uh, obviously goes to the room. The next scene we see, Negan is encouraging his saviors to continue covering their weapons with walker guts. And it's kind of this, he's talking over, or doing a voiceover as you see them stabbing the the hell out of these chained up walkers and just getting every ounce of their guts out. Um, he tells Simon the hilltop is going to drop to its knees. But Simon, as soon as Negan walks away, he kind of loses the smile. The smile just drops away. You can see he's not too pleased right now as his... Uh, lieutenant and you know this got me thinking too doesn't this remind me a little bit of like kind of how merle was with with the governor it's like 
you know, off the reservation lieutenant. Like, I feel like we're kind of treading the same type of storyline here a little bit. I mean, obviously, Merle was more of a bit. maniac, but... I, yeah, I, a little I, bit. I, I could see some parallels, but I don't think Merle was ever, like... I don't think his motivation was, I need to get one over on the governor so I can lead these people. Mm, I see what you're saying. We, he's, I, Simon has bigger ambitions like, here. Is what you're saying. Si- yeah. Simon, Simon's Macbeth in this episode. Like, that's... Yeah. that's yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> he even got to speechify him in this one. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> So well, for, I mean, he keeps he keeps trying to sound out Dwight through the whole episode to see where yeah. Dwight stands. You know, to say you know if uh, you know if you were to go up against Negan, where Dwight would stand. So you're right. So Dwight emerges and sees everyone preparing. Uh, Simon has everyone rounded up and tells uh, them to avoid headshots. He's kind of giving them the the pep talk or the the overall kind of you know the the mission briefing, if you will, to all the saviors. He goes, "All right, guys, no headshots. We just want to nick them and scratch them with these weapons. Give them a little cut. That way they can turn on their own. It's kind of psychological warfare. Um, we don't want to kill them. Just kind of hurt them." That's that's not psycho- that's that, that sounds like war crimes to me. That's like what I get whenever I think about this kind of logic of let's use poisoned weapons. It's it's, it's a nasty idea. That's that's always remember even in the comics of like, Ugh, I don't I don't like that at all. That makes me uncomfortable. So Dwight gets on his bike, but Simon insists he rides with him instead. So he says, "Oh come on, the big man's got his own transportation. You you come ride with me." Um reluctantly I guess Dwight wanted to maybe veer off on his own who knows he was still trying to get away from this whole situation I think he wanted to find a way to warn I, that's what I'm thinking yeah, that. that's what I it seemed like to me too right. Yeah, or he just wants to go back home. I mean, the plan—the plan was never him to go back to the no. saviors, right? No, it wasn't. Like, he was done. Yeah, I just want to get. I just want to get the hell out of there. But I mean, to know that information that they're going to use—you know—that's a big deal. Like they're going oh, to sure. start shooting stuff over there. I really think he was so agitated. I really think he wanted to to warn the hilltop and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. I, he wouldn't. He wouldn't not share that information. I'm just saying. I don't yeah. think he was about to. I don't think he was about to come back either if he did go off. It's interesting though. Did he have that pack of cigarettes with the wedding rings on him the whole time? Was it in his room the whole time? So he was able to actually retrieve that. Now, like, was that? I think it was in the room. In okay. the room, yeah. So it's kind of a happy accident that he's able to go back and actually get that because maybe is his know. is his wife still, or his former wife, whatever the hell with the Negan stuff is mm-hmm. is, is, is she Sherry. still alive? Well, she disappeared. She disappeared. She left. Remember after she let uh, Daryl out, she just disappeared yeah. from the right. Because they never said they found her. They oh, that's right. Said, nope. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. I was. Last I was having a tough saw, time remembering. Didn't, didn't wasn't there like a parting shot of like just her silhouette walking off after yeah. Daryl got well, there or whatever? There was like a that. place they were supposed to meet up, like some kind of house, right. but then she wasn't there. But again, um, the ring. Oh, that's right. And Dwight had a whole episode about this too. Okay, yes. I remember mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody. And 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 they sent people to look for her, and they never found her. Yeah. So. Right. She's and, off on and, her own. And that actress has, like, a whole TV show she's doing. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so when that gets canceled, she'll be back, right? Right. Okay. right. <laughs> where's Heath? Hashtag where's Heath, right? Where, where's he right now? It's like he's out in, the, in yonder. We haven't seen him in a long time. I don't know he where had, Heath is. <laughs> he, has, he has 24 hours to figure it out. <laughs> it would have been great, though, if Heath was stuck with the in the women village. The Oceanside? They had a prison or something negotiating, like that? And was kind of negotiating from a prisoner standpoint, like... Uh, like maybe Aaron will come back with them or something. Yeah, like it would have been a nice little connection. It would have been a nice little connection if that was the case. Not just the out there of, somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Given given like the random pe- the randos that show up in this episode, it seems completely likely that Heath will just like pull up at some point and random. Right? Like, hey guys, oh man, it's been a it's been a wacky week right. for me. What the hell you guys <laughs> he probably, maybe he started his own group and they're like like the saviors, but they're called the heathens. 
Oh, Ooh. that's a good one. That's a good one. Or the Ethan the Heathens. So Dwight abides, rides with Simon. Saviors pack it in and roll out. Negan walks. Negan comes out last. Packs Lucille into a bucket of muck in the passenger seat. <laughs> tells her, "Oh boy, you are beautiful," and rides out last in his black charger. Did he buckle her up? Did well, that's what some of the listeners up. were worried about. I know I was chatting on online, and there's airbags, so she's all right. She's protected. Did- all right. Just curious, so I'm not going to put any spoiler out there just in case, but I'm trying to remember, did Lucille's meaning, has that been portrayed in the show yet? Not yet. No. Okay, no. I'll, I'll shut up then. I mean, he got close. Like he, I thought he was going to tell um, you know, Father Gabriel when Father they had Gabriel. that, sh- but they didn't get that far. He didn't didn't let it out. He admitted... Lucille, Lucille is, is where the final Infinity Stone is. That's what we're not saying. <laughs> so Rick and Michonne enter the hilltop. They're greeted by Maggie, Enid, Jerry, Judith, and Barbara. Rick sees saviors in the prison before taking Judith. Daryl is standing by, analyzing Rick. They kind of did a little, little, little nod to each other as Rick strolls in. I, um, I rolled my eyes when Rick walked in, honestly. I was like, oh boy, here we go. He's got his little Rick walk, too. He's got his little, his little gate, right? He's got a little... Well, it's like everybody already knows the drama, and everything. Now it's like Rick shows up. I was like, okay, here we, here we go. Who's gonna Who's gonna be the first to talk to him? And we'll get to that scene next, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much, you're right. Um, let's see here. Later, Rick is kneeling over Glenn's grave. Daryl joins him. There you go. He kind of he kind of does this like long walk around. He kind of comes in, then kind of walks around off frame, then back into frame. It's really kind of weird. <laughs> he comes up and he goes, "I think about the people that are gone and people that are still here. It ain't right. It ain't fair." Daryl said uh, about what I did at Sanctuary, trying to end it real quick. I just wanted it done. I didn't want to give them another chance. Not again. And I didn't care who was there. I don't know if that makes it right. And Rick says, "No, no, no. It's all right. It is right. I should have been worrying more about my people." Not those people. So it's all good, man. It's like, you know, they should have just hugged at that point. But And that bugged me out because I'm sitting there going, is anybody going to acknowledge that by what they did that messed up everything, kind of? Well, it, th- th- actually, he's off the hook because remember, if you remember, Daryl asked Dwight, was it because of what I did? Remember that? And he's like, no, no, no. Uh-huh. It was Eugene. It's Eugene. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think I think he feels a little but off the least, hook, right? At, at least Daryl is showing, you know, He's owning up to it, and even though it wasn't the problem, he's owning up to that he shouldn't have done what he did. Um, I don't know. I was just waiting for a post-apocalyptic bro-out. I mean, because didn't that force Eugene to come up with a plan because they got hit like that as opposed to being just stuck behind well, those- Negan already had Eugene working on a trying to figure out a way to get past the walkers. The only thing Daryl did was just move them around inside rather than outside. So Eugene was going to come up with that anyway. So, yeah. Okay. I I just like the fact that they didn't just gloss over or never acknowledge the fact that Rick and Daryl had that, you know, that dust up. So I thought it was kind of cool. It's just like, you know, he in the moment they got into this fight, and then afterwards it's like, "Hey, man, you know that that you know my my bad. Like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have thought about it." And then he's like, "You know, no, you know, kind of my fault. You know, my my fault too." So, kind of like most arguments, you know, it just yeah, it's not can, it's not completely one sided. 
I can appreciate him owning up to his problem. He's just, it's uh, not much of a, he's not a character to me. He's just like sidekick guy. There's just nothing, nothing interesting for him to do. And so they just introduce <laughs> stupid stuff for him to do to begin with. So it's like, okay, they resolved it, but I, I still didn't like what they did with him to first in the first place. So it's like, all right. I was glad they, I'm just glad they addressed it and not just let it go. I mean, a lot of times yeah. you just leave sense like that in the script. I'm glad they actually dealt with it at least. Plus, bros, you know, jump on each other every once in a while and get out of line, and things happen. That's how it is. You should hear Jim on DC TV podcast when we're off the air. <sighs> bro, bro, what are you doing, bro? You Turn doing, down bro? your mic. Turn down your no. <laughs> <laughs> you that much of a dictator, Jim? I, I never knew. No, no. it's just uh, Rich is a little loud sometimes. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, really. No, Jim runs a tight ship over there. It's he runs all good. A... <laughs> I didn't get a lot to cover. You gotta keep it it's tight. not the chaos that is this podcast. Right. <laughs> you, know, right. you want Chubb out of five. You can't deal with Chubb out of ten. It's just too much. Too much, too much Chubb. Too much Chubb. You can never have too much Chubb. No, sir. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to cuddle, you know. All, all, all of this said, I, I could have used a Rocky Three montage of them just broing out afterwards, like you guys just saying. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And very well. Running on the so, beach together, and yeah, okay. Yeah, running, on, <laughs> running on the ocean, running, running on the side of the ocean. <laughs> Ring the bell. And Michelle yelling at Rick, you exactly. can't win! <laughs> at the top of the stairs, right? Yeah, that's it. Rick's like, where do we get these shorts? Does Chubb get his Trans Am and drive away yeah. and like think, like think at night as he's, he's driving? Like, I'm right? scared, Michonne. I'm scared. <laughs> okay. Okay. Actually, I'm actually, scared. I, <laughs> I just saw Creed. Actually, I just watched it finally. It was actually pretty good. It wasn't yeah, bad. I can't oh my god, it's so good. I know. I just it was on Hulu. Yeah, I, love, I actually watched I it on Hulu. Creed. I'm like, yeah, oh my god, Creed. it was actually really, really good. I'm like, like I'm I like, can't beat him. <laughs> all, all I know is every film that Ryan Coogler does, he has to have Michael B. Jordan. That's all I'm saying. Because really? Creed was awesome. That's so what? Like the, you know, like these old time movie directors used to do. They had their dudes, their their people that they like to use. It's kind of well, like that. I'm just surprised Slide didn't direct it because he directed every single one of those. Didn't he? He was, was going to. Okay. Yeah, he, he was going. It was time, it's time yeah, to turn was, it over. I guess you're right. It's for time the to second leave. one, he was yeah. going to, and then he then he didn't do it. Yeah. So we're back with Rocky Cast at this point. Rocky, <laughs> uh, uh, they just got off the beat, and now he's training. It's uh, it's it's going to be an intense bite to, to get but back at Mister T. Dolph Lundgren is in the, is in Creed too, right? He's coming back. Drago yeah. is. Uh, oh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm still standing. I must break you. Does that mean I I the Tiger it. is going to come back and be played on the radio every five minutes? Well, I have no problem with that. Going to do as long as it's brother... a Skrillex remix or something. Yeah, his brother needs something. I mean, come on. Everything That's he hits the first. Rock concert I ever went to was Survivor. I love that song. Wow. Everything he hits, he destroys. Everything he, I want Bridget Nielsen coming. Bridget back. Nielsen, is, <laughs> you American. <laughs> All right, let's get back to what you asked for. Okay. <laughs> so later, Maggie watches Rick ride out in in the truck in his little oh. Explorer. She asks Rosita if he can come back from the loss of Carl. Yeah, she's like, you think he'll come back? And Rosita asks, "Have you come back?" I guess, like, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, she's dying, boy. She's got, they're gonna get her. She's yeah, Rosita's making too much sense, right? She's, she's making got like the spirit. She got a little hat back. She's looking pretty good this episode, man. She got a little yeah. hat back. She's looking, you know, they're gonna right. strike her down, and she's gonna go right into the forest. 
Because when, when she was hurting, she lost her hat for a while. You know, now she's like yeah, she's getting back her now, groove now. It's like she is. She is on point. She's on point. She's ready. <laughs> I was like, she thinks it'll be harder when everything is over and quiet, which kind of makes sense again, too. She's making a lot of sense. Yeah. But Maggie and Rosita agree it will be easier when Negan is dead. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You're going to die I'm here in the dark. <laughs> Alone. 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 <laughs> This is the worst. But I'll let you kiss her. Because that's the only thing you love is Lucille. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. In the distance, yeah. Maggie spots some sort of shiny flag hoisted above a small crate. As you do. And said, so she's, elsewhere, the Savior's right out for Hilltop. Simon questions Dwight, pers- Dwight's perspective of all of it. He kind of says, "Let's get freaky. Let's what, what do you what do you say? Do you want to write it down? Like, let's let's get real. Let's get freaky here. Let's just yeah, talk. He said, yeah. Let's get real. Let's get real. He's like, <laughs> it's just right now. Yeah, it's just like, just like chickens. Yeah, yeah he's like that's. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight supports it, but Simon wants to get weird and honest. He says he questions whether or not the hilltop will ever actually fold and behave. But Dwight deflects by saying he doesn't get paid to think. He's still trying to play like he's the good good lieutenant." I kept thinking that Dwight was like, I'm just going to play this straight because I don't know if he's asking I'll me. Trust yeah, is, is yeah. this like a ploy? Yeah. So I come to his side and then he's like, ha ha, I got you. No. He, I, well, I, thought. I, I thought that too, but the simple uh, fact of that Negan now knows what he did to the trash people, I don't think he's working for Negan anymore. I don't think that this is a ploy. No, but I'm going by what he thinks. We're going by what he is. Yeah, think, oh, what Dwight, Dwight thinks. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. No, I'm on board there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I like this section of the episode maybe the most uh, because I think it's very interesting. Well, for one, because Simon's like, you know, one of the best characters on this show. But also <laughs> the, the idea of having having a character that's <laughs> against Negan and then having another character that's against Negan but in a different way. Pairing them up, that's interesting to me. There's some dramatic irony there that I can appreciate. I don't I, yeah, quite know where that's going exactly. I didn't exactly. see that coming. Yeah, yeah, no. I totally did not see coming. I thought so he'd just find out he did it and then just kill him. Like, so that's, I thought one of the two out. of them I thought one of the two of them was going to die. I thought one would kill the other while they were off by themselves hunting Negan. Yeah, yeah, there was some tension there. There was some, yeah, the way they shot it and... So even when they shoot the speechify, I thought Simon might be mm-hmm. done for at this point. It's like there's some good yeah. stuff going on here that mm-hmm. I enjoyed, especially with, with these two. Um, it, it, it's, it works. It works for the episode. It makes so it interesting. He goes on. He says, we've thrown a lot at Rick, the widow, the king. And he goes, they just keep coming, Simon said. They don't scare. Back at, So, he's, again, he's trying to make, basically make his argument. I think that Dwight just doesn't trust him, and he shouldn't. But he can't trust him as far. He can even trust Eugene more than he can trust him at this point. Like you know, he, right. at this he, he had to it. I mean, basically, he does. Eugene knows that he's a double agent. Well, at this see, point. this is a good thing. This is the first. Well, maybe not the first, but we're starting to see the signs of an organization crumbling. Yeah, I mean, you know, as scattered and has and chaotic as Rick and the Hilltop and all those groups have been. The one thing that's been a constant with the saviors is we have this hierarchy and we have these rules, but now we're starting to see over the course of the last couple episodes, but especially this one, there's starting to be cracks in the foundation of the saviors. That's a good point. And, and, um, and now that Simon has riled all those up that we can be Negan, whether he's here or not, I, you're about to see two factions. And I think from the scenes from next week coming up, 
that you see Maggie out there hollering back and forth over the fence at the hilltop, and she's got the thirty-eight uncuffed behind her. So I think there's about to be a civil war inside the Saviors themselves, and it's due hmm. to lack of proper leadership from Negan and the fact that Simon has gone rogue. Yeah. I um I like that Dwight's like the only person in this in the Saviors that like doesn't trust people. Like everyone else in the Saviors is very trustworthy for some reason. Like <laughs> Simon's like, let me tell you something and don't tell anybody else. I can trust you, right? <laughs> and like all the other all the other Saviors are like, oh, Simon's telling us that Negan's gone. I guess that's believable. Yeah, like everyone's just kind of like for for a group like this, they're not really hung up on can we trust this guy or not. They're like, yeah, I can go along with that. That makes sense. Like that's at this fun. point, they're probably just like fed up, tired. Mm-hmm. You know, worn down. They're just like, eh, whatever, man. Like, I, whatever. Just let's let's go. Let's do something. I because I don't think they ever had to fight this long before. Sure. No. So it's no, before Rick, it, way. Yeah. I, I don't know if it, it was one of the recent episodes. I forget who said it, but it was basically before Rick. It was we go in, we give the ultimatum, we take. You know, they they sacrifice one person, and we go from there. So I don't think that they've ever had any resistance until Rick. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of them have said that. Like, I think Gavin said that. I think Simon uh-huh. said that a little bit. You know, even even yeah, and they've all made that kind of, um, like that. That's their strategy. Like that's what they do. We take one body. We take somebody out so they know we mean business, and then right. that's it. And then we come back and get our get our cut. Well, and despite his method, and despite you know the system that he set up, Negan has delivered to the saviors to all the people there that fell in line he has delivered what he said they get food they get fed they do jobs they you know i mean it's not exactly the greatest working conditions but he has quote unquote saved them in yeah, a way they want normal they want they want as normal as possible and and rick and, and the bunch are not normal they are <laughs> they are people that feel like they have nothing to lose like they're yeah, it was, so with the wrong people it was they, it was it was all peaches and raping before, you know, Rick. Yeah, that is, that, is, that is a perfect analogy of it because that's basically what they do. They were doing, even though you know Negan tries to 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 label Justify. it something else. It's yeah. not. It's exactly what it was. Yeah. Well, no. Ba- basically, um, Negan is George the Third, and Rick is uh, Washington. So. <laughs> I was told there'd be no math, but. That's- <laughs> <laughs> That's history, Daryl. <laughs> I know that was part of the joke. Child, stop explaining it and taking money away. Oh, well, haven't you seen Hamilton? Come on, Daryl. Jesus, come on. I gotta wrap it to you. You're damn right. <laughs> You're letting your people down. So back at the hilltop, uh, Egan, Ros- Ros- Rosita pulled at the sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> back at the hilltop, Rosita pulls in with the flag Maggie saw. If you fill the crates with food or phonograph records, I will gladly exchange for a key to your future. A note in the crate said. <laughs> it's the wackiest development I could have imagined on this show, but I love it. I want to see where this is going. It's, very it's odd. great because it is so out of left field. It is so awesome. Is this a... You, you got maybe you guys know, and I don't want to go too far into it. Is Georgie is he a character I don't know about yet on the comics? Uh, Commonwealth. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very much, very much like the common. I won't say anything more than that because I don't want to uh, spoil. But yeah, I think I'm, very I'm much getting, like the, very much like getting, the Commonwealth. Yeah. I think I'm getting to that. It was as far as yeah. where I am. Yeah. yeah. 
so Michonne rules. Uh, this can't be the saviors because they would just blow through the gates with a big show, and she's very much correct on that. What if it's someone who actually wants to help, Michonne asks. Maggie suggests they simply miss out on the help rather than risk dying. So Maggie's getting extremely pragmatic in her leadership mm-hmm. role. She's all about just protecting her people. She doesn't trust anybody at this point. I like this, Maggie, and I agree with you, Chubb. You said it, too. You don't want her to go, and I'm kind of digging the way she's just leading this group right now. There's no there's no nonsense with her. She's starting to really become the Maggie from the comics that I remember. Yeah. So, I, and Enid I, agrees, I, I, in case anyone's wondering. Enid she's agrees a little too. bit too militant, though, I think. Well, she has a right to in be right comics. now. I mean, you know. No, I'm not saying she don't, but I mean, in the comics, she's a little bit. She wasn't as militant, I don't think. They killed Glenn, Daryl. They, cl- they killed Glenn. She has a right. I've never had much of an issue with the matching of that characteristic between her the in the show and her in the comics. I think it's been pretty on point com- yeah. by comparison to others, I guess. Elsewhere, Rick is waiting for Negan's convoy by listening to their radio. So, again, they, they're tuned into their frequency, which is pretty cool. A little, little counter intel there. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees them go by and hops in his car. And just <clears throat> as he's about to honk the horn... Which is the signal that they like a relay signal that they've set up every half mile, right? He's about to do it, but then he sees Negan alone in the last car of the convoy, and Rick just can't help himself. <laughs> he, just, he just can't. I don't help blame himself. him. He I do not blame him. Jumps, one bit. He jumps into that car, floors it. Okay, he ends up somehow in an alley and just plows perfectly into Negan's car. And Simon sees the whole thing, and he kind of—I don't know if you noticed—but Simon kind of like smiles a little bit, like <clears throat> he's yep. almost happy he got hit. Like he's like, "Oh, well, something happened there. Oh boy, I don't know." It was a little, uh, a little well, smirk on his more, face. I think he's more than uh, just a little happy because later he's like, you know, all ready to write Negan off. He's like, "Well, he's either dead or MIA or whatever," and you know, yeah. and I think things are kind of, you know, everything is coming up. Simon, this was one of those instances. Normally, I would gripe about like a character going off half cocked, doing their own thing, and it kind of being stupid. And this one didn't bother me. Like this one, I felt like, yeah, th- this actually kind of makes sense. Um, you mean, you mean Rick in, going crazy? I mean, in, or what do you it mean? Like, in character for Rick. I mean, considering yeah. how obsessed he is with Negan. And, and oh just, yeah. And two, okay, he beeps the horn then they're going to hear it as well as everybody else hears it. And then things kind of go chaotic. So here's Rick's opportunity to do two things is one to try and get the jump on him, And if he could take Negan, if he could take Negan out, then he's convinced this ends everything right like this. They'll either sue for peace or the, the war is done. So, and Rick doesn't really care at this point whether he dies in the process or not. I mean, he's so I, 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 like I said, normally I tend to criticize these types of, moves and motivations and and this one didn't bother me at all this one felt pretty natural to me at least i'm with russ i i agree with the rick's rage not quite being in check but it doesn't feel like it's you know derailing the show and if anything i was wondering how far is this going to go this week but yeah it, it, yeah so we don't see exactly the car chase but there was a car chase and it ended up with rick crashing into a telephone pole and uh negan's dodge charger on its side um, and then apparently inside, he's in there covered in the guts that was in the bucket that Lucille was sitting in. And it was all over the car and all over the inside. But Rick gets out and he sees what's going on. He sees the car spilled over. He takes out his AK-47 and starts to uh, basically starts to just fire at the car. But you know what's funny is how, <laughs> how they set it up where he is in Terminator phase, right? 
There are zombies walking past him. He doesn't he's care. Like, he doesn't even I don't care. care. No. He's not even stopping to kill them. He's just loading the gun and just shooting and walking past them like whatever. But like this he's is just a freak of nature. Again, right he now. couldn't hit him. I mean, he just again. It's yeah. like uh, it's yeah. This is one of those. Like, yeah. Yep, he very conveniently not hitting Megan in any yeah. step of the way and I running out and running out of ammo. Twice with the two clips. With the two clips, yeah. he couldn't yeah. even hit him. It's just, like wait a second. wasting bullets. <laughs> but that's like a but that's like a TV show movie thing. Like that's not just a a Walking Dead thing. This no, it's not. The, but at the same time, you could get around that by just doing something different instead. Like instead of having a miss, right, like the situation right. where it doesn't where he doesn't have a gun, for instance, or True. So or or he has to take care of walkers because they are in the way. Like any number of things to get rid of the cliches. I right. love how he just like when when the gun runs out of ammo, he throws the gun. Like he's just yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Like yeah. So Negan's going into the building. He runs out of a second clip, throws the gun on the gun and the, on the ground, just starts running after Negan. Wait, she, yeah. there's a there. This is such a tangent, but I because I watched that Robot Chicken Walking Dead thing, and there's a bit where like <laughs> where where uh, where uh, where Rick and Daryl are shooting out walkers, and like Daryl has his crossbow and he runs out of bolts, and he's like, "I'm out." And it's the voices too. He's like, "I'm out," and he yeah. and, and Rick to- Rick tosses him the handgun, and he puts the handgun into the crossbow and shoots the <laughs> shoots the gun at a thing. He's like, <laughs> and, and, and Posse's like, "I'm out again." It's just it's just so random. But this is pretty cool too because as he's running into the building, you really can't see it, but Negan's hiding behind the door, and he's about to hit him with, with Lucille, but he somehow at the last minute sees Lucille and ducks and kind of slides in through underneath Lucille and, and into the building. That was a cool move. That was a pretty yeah, cool move. I thought that was it pretty was, cool. Yeah. Slick. So uh, let's see here. It says, uh, then he, then basically uh, he ends up prompting it, goes up the stairs, right? And then Rick again shoots with, with, with the Colt, and he misses him. Again, like three or four times. He runs out of bullets. Or five times, whatever. Six times. Six times. Okay, six shooter. Fine. He went through because six if bullets. Because the zombie apocalypse never happened, Rick had a future as a stormtrooper. Oh, my God. Oh, no. But then that he has he's like reaching. Hit- well, he, <laughs> at least with Negan. It's only Negan that he can't kill. That's so. the thing, right? He can kill everybody else. What, it's just is Negan. Negan like Black Lightning? He's just all blurry or something well, to everybody? Or? Didn't Negan say he's got nine lives? Like I think I think like yeah, it's something with Negan. He yeah. just gets lucky, man. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Because I think Rick and we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later. I'm like Rick and Negan are kind of evenly like skilled, evenly matched, right? I guess that's kind of yeah. the, like one's not much stronger than the other or much faster I, with a gun. Except at times, because they made Negan like the Incredible Hulk the first yeah, fight I, they had. The first fight, like yeah, he's throwing, dragging Rick by the he was, collar he was and throwing, throwing him into the... Rick out the window and throwing <laughs> him true. against the wall. Right. Rick was hurting, yeah, though. He was ridiculous. Cool. Rick, Rick was There's in no a bad one. state right there. He was hurting. He was hurting. Yeah. This isn't a show I look to to see like which character is the strongest. It's, it's very inconsistent. Well, see, all right. See, if we go back to when Rick fought the governor, Rick was dead man Rick governor was choking him out right and then and then michonne had to save his ass and that pissed off like a lot of my friends like dude what's wrong with rick he's supposed to be a tough guy he's supposed to be the leader and the governor almost killed him i'm like well yeah i guess you're right i mean he was did pretty much almost get killed by the governor and then here we go again like uh when he got manhandled like you said by negan in the first episode of uh of season seven but now it seems they're more evenly matched you just can't hit him for you know with bullets right. that's all <laughs> Anyway, they're coming up the stairs, and he actually throws the axe. This is a cool, cool movie. Takes the axe out of his <laughs> pants and throws it at Negan, which I, I didn't expect that at all. I didn't expect. He that was like at a all. child. He was like he, it was almost like a it was a child move. He did a tomahawk, man. That was, a, that was he did it. It was a combination of everything. It did kind of feel like a that, and it kind of felt like a, a Return of the Jedi move too. 
It was, it was perfect. It out of nowhere. And Negan didn't expect it either. He's just starting no. to, he was starting to have, have a conversation. Hey, Rick. Yeah. yeah. What's going he on, buddy? Yeah, right. he, he did a Darth Vader. What the hell was that? Like, oh, and he, he threw the lightsaber, crazy? right? Yeah, he threw the- yeah, he's like, are you crazy? <laughs> they, they threw in that scene for Aaron because uh, uh, Negan was about to pontificate in his cocky voice. And Rick said, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> he was. I allow it. So this throws Negan off balance. He's then hanging by uh, his fingers on the edge of the staircase, which is broken, and he's hanging above a hole. And then Rick just doesn't care. He's about to swing and chop his fingers yeah. off, and then Negan lets yeah. go and falls down three floors. Well, what I like, what I like about that is the pause, and because ne- Negan's like, he's gonna try to hit me, so I need to let go. And he's like, "You asshole!" <laughs> 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 it's like he loves him and he hates him at the same time. He really does. Like he can't. He hates Rick. He, but he, resp- he yeah. hates him, but he's like, "Damn it!" Like you he asshole. respects him because he's good. Cause he's, <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever gotten this close to Negan before. Like that's a good point. Like that's a good point you're right but i but it pisses him off because he don't want to die too so it's like <laughs> damn it <laughs> that was so good that was and he ends yeah. up in the hole three floors down yeah oh it was good um come back to die. no that's it elsewhere michonne maggie and Edith come up with uh come upon the van in the road a woman gets out wearing a pantsuit she introduces herself as georgie with hilda and mitch the twins she says a lot about. I like, I like that comicbook.com needed to write that she's in a pantsuit. That's that's funny. To me. That's Brandon Davis for you, man. He keeps you yeah. wondering. Okay. She says a lot about fancy music and survival skills. Okay. I come bearing. It's B A R I N G. I come bearing knowledge and trade. I'm sorry, Brandon. I had to call you out, brother. I'm sorry, man. He's just tired. It's late. It was late. I come bearing knowledge and for trade. I've made the same offer before. Fill the crates. Get the knowledge. It's not a trick. Rosita asks how many communities she has found. She goes, not many at all. Not many at all. And not one for a very long time, she tells her. But uh, it says, the dead have brought out the best and the worst of us. Lately, the worst of us is what's winning. Um, She wants to exercise trust. Enid questions her, though they're not, you know, to see if they're lying. Um, and she says, I can divine that you're a fine group, Georgie says. Manners notwithstanding. Maggie, however, shuts the notion down and rules these people are coming back to the hilltop. So, again, she's being very pragmatic here. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when... Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I was intrigued by where this is going, and I was satisfied with the results for the most part. Uh, it, it's a intriguing way to go. The presentation of what they have to offer versus Maggie's line of thinking of how to handle the situation. It all worked for me. I was like, yeah. okay, I want to see they had, And they had a, a parental uh, person to snap Enid out of the way when she was getting annoying. She was getting yep. annoying. And then yeah, Michonne, did. Yeah. Look, you see that look yeah, Michonne was, gave her too? Like, I get the very hell glad. away Michonne from me. Said, yeah. I ain't playing that. Like, I don't know what these <laughs> other people have been doing around you. <laughs> But I will whip that ass if you come up Cut it out like or that. you're going to the murder shit. I'm, I'm going to be... I'll say, it kind of reminded me like of when they first came across the Alexandrians. I mean, because they yeah. were like uh, you know the, the only like civilized group that they'd seen in a long, mm-hmm. long time. And now mm-hmm. we have these people who seem somewhat civilized and are civil and like they don't know how to deal with them. You know what I mean? No, they're like but, savages out the wild, right? They yeah, can't, yeah. They can't understand. Well, so. Remember when Aaron came upon Rick and his group? I mean, Rick punched him out. That was his first oh, reaction, yeah. right? And stripped oh, yeah. him down and like, tied him up. And, you know, that was... Yeah. 
they they've been having a rough go at it at the time. <laughs> That's true. So I mean, so so Maggie's response is a bit more tempered, considering what she's been going through. It's a pretty even-handed well, response, right? So we're not going to kill always, you, but you're coming back. Yeah. They always seem to meet uh, uh, another. They always seem to meet a, a a good group right after their worst times. Like that seems to be the case with mm. them, right? When they can't make it anymore, like they're in trouble. They're in serious trouble. They have no supplies, and then that's when they seem to meet. You know. The only, the only issue I could think of is like, does this show really need like another like random group of people right now? Like, I know, is this, I know. Is it's like, oh, I, I think know. they did it because they had. I was waiting because they don't have any supplies, so it's like, where are you going to yeah. get food from? To, <laughs> they know. had to replace the trash people. Plus, plus, it makes me think of the time jump, right? Like, you need yeah. a group that's going to be there to you know to be the, the rebuild new civilization that we're see right? when they rebuild yeah, right after right. this war is over all that's all that's completely fair and that's why i can you know that's why i'll allow it and i'll let the show keep working because of this i have that control obviously but it's it's just like all right oh you'll I, allow I, it will you yeah i, I, like, I pardon okay, you I, yeah you're like I know we from have schindler's to, list i pardon you we i pardon to, you <laughs> We have to set some tables <laughs> here, so I, I, I get the logic. But this, and again, I, li- I like the results of it. I mean, yeah. I, the one thing this whole sequence accentuates with me is the whole fact that they are becoming closer to Negan's group, the Saviors, than they realize. You know, this yes. whole concept yeah. of, you know, well, it's why sh- we should just kill them and take their stuff. Like, why mm-hmm. and, and, and send them on their way? Like, th- this is about us and our people, and we shouldn't care about anybody else. And it, in a way, it's even more extreme than the saviors because the saviors are like, we're going to take half your stuff and we're going to let you go. And, yeah. you know, the, the argument here is, no, we're just going to take whatever you have and then right. either, you know, send you on your way or kill you so you don't come back to, to haunt us down the road. And the the strong arguments on both sides, I thought were really interesting. And the, and the fact that nobody mention like hey aren't we being just like the people we're fighting accentuates it more to the fact that they don't see it like they don't realize how close to the edge they are from where you know from from trying to do good and to survive and just everybody get along to you know we're gonna kill you and take your i mean it's it's i'm waiting for the big thing i mean but it's so heavy-handed like i'm waiting for the big you know moment where michonne says we will not harm these people they are safe. <laughs> well, put your well, she, she kind of does that at the end, though. She does. Yeah, but I expected to be. Rick Grimes runs smack. hilltop. Yes, Rick Grimes <laughs> runs hilltop. <laughs> that's that's why though, uh, uh, Russ and, and Daryl is. Uh, that's why we have the letters from the Apostle Carl yeah. that will exactly. help usher that in. Is he disciple so or an apostle? Way- Whatever. <laughs> All I know is when they write the book of the whole thing, his words will be in red. But you know, they they got this this map to the future that Carl has written for them. You know, his revelations. What's wrong, Jimmy? What? Okay. No, nothing. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Chubb, is your mic too loud or something? Are you violating the rules again? What, what's wrong? I don't know, Jim, is he okay? I thought I heard Jim say, just eat some spaghetti. I don't That's know what I thought he said. <laughs> Aaron's got me thinking about Second Supper. So, you know. Well, on that note, we're back in the basement. And Rick says, 
Are you still alive? <laughs> and Negan responds, I'm like a goddamn cat. <laughs> I love that line. I won't lie. I love yeah. that line. That was a good he must have been. I figured he'd like break an ankle or something, drop it from that height, but good for him. He's good. He's desperately He's searching. Naked. He's naked. He's searching for Lucille desperately, but a walker starts to follow him. And Rick questions where his people are. Where are your people? Now is where you see who your friends are. Times like this. <coughs> Negan insists they're coming. And here we go. Here we go. This is where you die. Rick tells him in the dark, all alone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it love funny. it. I love it. Uh, Negan asks what Rick's problem is. He goes, dude, what's your problem? Like, yeah, he's like, you just can't understand why he hates him so much. You just can't get right. it. He goes, I just wanted to save you. I just wanted to save everybody. He goes, no one lost people after he took over. Everyone was doing just fine before Rick Grimes. Rick comes it's, across. Yeah, it's annoying to hear Jeffrey Dean Morgan be like very good at selling these lines, even though I know that they're like nonsense. As far as you know, my third person perspective of seeing how bullshit all of this is versus what he, I guess, considers sympathetic uh, versus Rick, who tries Andrew Lincoln Light. There's nothing to Rick right here. It's just you know one dimensional yelling at somebody. So it's like I yeah I and it goes back to what you're saying, Russ, about. How interesting it should be that Rick and the gang, especially Rick, is closer and closer becoming something like the Saviors. But the show's not doing enough to make me really appreciate the dichotomy between them and how how closer the line is, how thin the line is getting between the two. Like I, mm. I wish I could appreciate that more beyond just the you know the visceral feeling of hey these two alpha males really hate each other or love to hate each other, whatever you want to call it. It's just there's more that can be done in the midst of all the fun that's being had of just two bros really going <laughs> hardcore at each other. I love it, though. But, but I, I thought it was it. interesting that they they made Negan feel the more sympathetic throughout this thing because... They've been doing that, he, though. They've been yeah, doing they that. Have. And, yeah, they have. And this one kind of accentuates it a little bit, too, in, in that, you know, he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to kind of explain himself... And uh, and interesting because you 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 pick up the fear um, in him, like yeah, in yeah. Negan, because I, he's clearly at a disadvantage and knows it. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's got this whole twitchy thing with Lucille because you know he he doesn't have Lucille, so you know there's that aspect to it. So it, it's I just thought it was, and I'm sure it's purposeful that they're doing this to show you know the the, the shift between being sympathetic to Rick to being sympathetic to Negan. Um, well, especially because of the third party of Simon being the guy that's going to be ultimately the more the bigger threat based off the what it seems like the arc of the show is becoming just to make yeah. to, to give you an excuse to not be fully in hate with Negan when you have another guy that's more chaos incarnate. So right. it's, I, I get all I get what it's doing. It's I think it's, it comes back to what we saw a few weeks ago at the the when they wiped out the the scavengers, where it's just I feel like I see the strings too much. I see what the mm-hmm. show's trying to do versus yeah. how effective the show's actually doing it. Yeah, that's how it feels, and it makes me want. I do wonder though, with this change with with this dude, is it, it will it somehow change what we think is going to happen towards the end of the season? Like it might not be that exact fight like it might not be oh, that type saying. of battle it I might be another saying. type of battle that they have to fight 
Like they fight like, back to back or something. Like they actually fight yeah. on the same side against yeah. Simon or something. I see what they, you're saying. They, they, they kill Snoke and then fight a bunch of guards in the room. Is exactly. We won't give you what you want. We'll give you what we think you need. I um, It's a better solution, honestly. Um, I, 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 I would like to think that the, the show wants to try to define my expectations at the same time. Every major plot beat from the comic pretty much plays out exactly how it plays out in the comic. So it's right. hard to... Hard to think that they're going to suddenly shift it. So. But they could, though, to get to the same point. Well, the only difference you know, is this guy. Is this is this guy turning like that? I don't remember that being sure. coming. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, Dwight they had the whole Dwight program. thing, but yeah. Right. He didn't have a he didn't have a dissension aside from it wasn't a Simon. Dwight. Oh, yeah. Aside from Dwight. So it was like he still stayed on purpose. Like, imagine if they flip it a little differently and it's, you know, actually Negan fighting his own group. I, I welcome that change. I'll put it right. Way. Right. It's actually I pretty interesting. Too. Yeah. So without, without going into what happens, yeah, I could. Yeah. Right. I'd I be happy to that. see something. So in the in the basement there, it's poorly lit. Rick opens a lighter, Zippo, and he comes across a sign that says "Eaters." As Negan continues <laughs> to search for Lucille and spouts about Rick failing his people. Um. <laughs> so it's just zombies in there. I mean, that's I just I always love that there's some kind of decrepit sign left over from all these places, <laughs> written hastily enough, but still de- 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 uh, decipherable enough so you can really make sure you know what's in there. I mean, they, obviously somebody corralled them in there, and they must have used that building as a refuge at some point. So they just had the dead, you know, in that room. It's pretty cool. I guess it plays back to the first episode, right? You know, yeah, don't, yeah, don't open. So Negan offers a one-time deal in the memory of Carl. He goes, you get Hilltop Kingdom and Alexandria to fall in line, and I'll tell you this, all is forgiven. I'll give it to 25% instead of 50. <laughs> and, and you got to work, you, you gotta work for gotta me. Work he goes, you got to work for you come work for me. Janitorial at first, but uh, right. you come work for me. <laughs> I guess that means he'll be in the cell, right? Eating dog food and uh, uh-huh. doing, doing what, what, uh-huh. what Daryl was doing, right? Rick, but however, doesn't. will be seventy-five percent. Uh, right, he said. You, you'll be the... yeah, yeah. Your people will be seventy-five percent kings. <laughs> 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 that was great. You're right. You're right. That's good. That's good math. You know. Yeah, that's great math. Huh? I mean, it almost sounds good, right? It's like okay, but how can you trust them? You can't even. You can't. It's scavengers. No where, yeah, there's no there's way. No way. And, and Rick doesn't trust the deal. He goes, "You killed the scavengers. How can I trust you?" And Negan what are you talking about? Right, right. Yeah. What are you? <laughs> I'm very glad they didn't let this drag on too long either. Right, a couple of sentences, and then and you yeah. hear you hear Negan under his breath. He goes, "Oh, he he knew what Simon did. He knew." Yeah, it, it wasn't the thing like, "No, it's not true." Right, right. He didn't right. have to go through that. He was like, "I knew that asshole did it." I know he did. <laughs> exactly. He knew it. It was it was good. It was good acting. I mean, it was good. Yeah. It's perfect. It's just just right. It's time like this. You realize who your true friends are. Rick says. No one's coming for me, Negan realizes. In that moment, Rick finds Lucille. Um, okay, Simon and Dwight journey through the streets together. Again, they have this elaborate plan where, you know, we saw them line the trucks up, blah, 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 convince all the, you know, the saviors to uh, to just kind of stay put for a minute while they go look for, look for Negan. Uh, Simon asks if Dwight ever wanted to kill Negan. Dwight sarcastically references when? When he burned my face, when he took my wife? What, I never thought about killing the guy before? 
And uh, and Simon's like, yeah, you see, you moved on from it. You, you had some pain. You had some discomfort. You moved on from it. You did the right thing. That's what I'm talking about. Again, he's trying to really just sell this idea of, of, of I guess, basically moving Negan out. They stumble upon Negan's car and realize Negan could be anywhere. Just because he walked away doesn't mean he's breathing, Simon said. They can keep looking or they can walk away. This is a critical part in our history, Simon tells him. And this is where we see the, the infamous naked walker appears. That Wait, was talked about in the news. I didn't even notice. Yeah, what? This yeah. is where, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like a woman, but she's supposed to be naked. I, I mean, she's so scarred up, you couldn't even make out any body parts. Let's put it that right. way. I mean, she's approaching from the distance. Dwight then lights a cigarette from his little box, his little uh, soft pack there. Takes a puff and then uses it and flicks it to light Negan's car on fire. And Simon's like, good job. We go to commercial. I, I just posted the pic of that in in our what? Chat the, yeah, the, all right. So the naked. Yeah, you see her. Let me see here. Oh man, she naked. Yeah, you only. I mean, you can't make anything out. It's like it's all prosthetics and. I see know. little things on her. There's no little things. Little fucking ball. This is this is <laughs> this is TVMA on 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 AMC. Come on now. I know, right? There's no little things. Little things. See. There's no. <laughs> I love how. It, <laughs> I just have to say that it was all very. <laughs> underwhelming. I already knew it would be underwhelming, but this was like off in the background. They t- it just yeah. Wait, is it a guy or I can't even tell? Is this a man or a woman? I can't even well, tell. What I, it is. I had read an article that it was a guy who had his junk removed. It looks like it's been removed. If that's the case, because there's some scarring down there. But I don't know. But that's just now. This is the close up still because it was much further. Oh yeah, you were wider. nowhere near it on the show. Um, but when I look at this, doesn't that look like it's more like one of those stretchy body socks than it is actually makeup? <laughs> I mean, uh, he's definitely in a suit of some kind. I don't know. Yeah. So we go to a commercial, but this is not any ordinary commercial. This is oh. a special commercial. <gasps> and I glossed over it last episode, but this episode I will not forget. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag red machete brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss. And Aaron, Hashtag would you please take it away? Because it was—I don't even know what to say. So much happened that it, there's no words. I don't, even, I don't even know what to say. Just, just tell me. What, tell us what happened, please. You have I to mean, help guys, me. Th- this week's episode of The Walking Dead presents Hashtag Red Machete, presented by Taco Bell. Hashtag with Moss was—I guess you'd call it a bottle episode and a table setting episode at the same bottle time. Episode. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> for a web for a web se- ninety second web series. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. For, for you know, The Walking Dead hashtag Ripperjetty presented by Taco Bell hashtag with Moss. I mean, you can only do so many like expansive episodes that cover a lot of ground. So this one once again locks the camera off, so you're focused on the machete machete in the foreground for the most part, and in the background, it's it's kind of like a like a like a half-assed time lapse where you see a lot of different walkers um, and various people walking past the machete. Uh, not noticing it, they're like way in the background. So occasionally there's people running, sometimes it's just walkers cruising by, sometimes it's, you know, random survivors walking with like gear on. Um, they're just moving along. Um, nothing particularly of note happens. We just know that time is passing and that we'll get to a probably a new point for this machete to appear. Um, so we'll we'll see where things go. But yeah, I mean, not, not, a, not, a, not a hugely eventful episode of The Walking Dead presents hashtag Red Machete presented by talking about hashtag with Moss, but you know, still a, a decent one. So in the time frame, we are now beyond all out war at this point. The machete has right. passed from the saviors to someone else who got his fate last episode. 
Mm-hmm. Meta's fate lesson. It's now stuck in the ground. But did you freeze frame any of those? Like, uh, maybe there's some clues of what's going to happen in the future in those walkers. Did anyone look at that stuff? Or I, I mean, I didn't. No. Okay. I didn't look at it closely enough. I didn't notice anything that seemed like. I didn't have time to do a forensic accounting of it yet. So. All right, because it is technically the future, so maybe they could be foreshadowing some stuff for the show. I don't know. I just thought maybe, maybe, but I didn't do it either. Thank you, Aaron. That was awesome. Well, it's it's fun to recap Pelican Dead ha- presents hashtag Ripper presented by Taco Bell hashtag Live Moss just because you know it deserves its credit. And they kept playing the commercial for those nacho fries. Did you see that? Oh my god, they played like fifteen <laughs> times. I'm like, oh my god. See, I, I'm glad I watched it on the website. You don't you don't, don't see the nacho they fries. Don't use you don't those see same commercials. No, <laughs> not the same. It's just more car commercials than anything else. That's all right. And liquor. That. It's car commercials and, and well, Irish beer. That's which which one? Think. The Mazda commercial? Which one do they keep playing online? What, what, the one, one about Glenn. The one that the Irish one where call me Glenn and then he does a whole spiel about the beer. It's like I hear it so much I tune it out. No, I mean the car commercial. Out. Which one do you keep seeing? I forgot which one is the truck. One of the truck commercials. That's all right. Really, uh, That's all right. Yeah, I think it goes according to my cable that I'm watching. Um, you it's know, got your cookies, man. In. If you look like an, it doesn't if you look- matter. They're, in the long run, they're all tight commercials. Well, then they're telling me that I'm an alcoholic then because there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of beer commercials. I mean, a lot. Were you looking up like trucks or something like Ford F-150s, and then now you're seeing only truck commercials? I might have like- checked stuff from my. I might might have. You see, stuff isn't it amazing? Or something. That's maybe. it, man. It knows. It knows what they're you're into. watching. They- <laughs> So Michonne enters Maggie's office. She wants to make the deal and let them go before the saviors arrive. Maggie, however, wants to keep all their food and keep these people. And send them, yeah. I'm not letting taking go. it all. We're taking it all. We need the food. She thinks people will die here. And they, should, they should care more about themselves than anybody else. And then Enid walks in, and this is awesome. And that look that Michonne gives her is like, you better be quiet, little girl. Yeah, you better girl, be quiet. I ain't with you. Ain't you, know, with you. you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> and she even says, "Step back." She even took the gun out of her hand and yeah. said, "Step oh, back." Oh, she took it right out of her hand. I see. She needs that. Like, there's nobody there when Edith does these. Starts acting this way, and I don't have time for this. I, I don't have this. I don't need another. I don't need another thing of her whining <laughs> and talking about no, no, like no. I, so I you, can't. I mean, Whitney Houston get interviewed. You don't. You don't know me. You don't know me, little girl. Me. You don't no, know me, little girl. No. I like how she came for it. She was like, "I'm smiling, but Crack I, I stop smiling. You're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> so you just better hand it over and go on about your business, little girl. Or I have to tell you something. That was it was a good scene though. I yeah. liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Step, and Nina just just walked out crying or whatever she did, right. stomped out of there. And that was the end of that. Oh, she did. It was like my mom was in the room. I was like, what? <laughs> that's how she did. It's like, wow. That's, that was great. But Ina d- did leave a word. She says, don't stop pretending like things just work out. And then you know, Michonne's like, you know, she's right. Things don't just work out. But but I think Carl knew that. I think he knew that. She's hearkening back to the letters again, the apostle, mm-hmm. the disciple. Right. Yeah, he I, didn't I, give I could, up on uh, Rick. Yeah. I, I, I could do without some of the kind of very base logic that uh, Black Panther's Denai Guerrero has to offer, but I like it's that. Not Walking Dead's Denai Guerrero. She was with Walking Dead first. Can't you at least? I, say, I, I, I like on. that. Um, they've given it. They've given her more to do. Where's that money head yes. again? Where is that? And it's and it's, it's ba- and it's based on like you know a relationship she had and how it's you know how things are evolving for her character because of it. Given that the character's been so underserved for the past couple seasons, like okay, mm-hmm. like there's mm-hmm. there's some meat on the bones of this conversation to shut right. down this little girl and her nonsense. Like good, thank like, you. Like I Appreciate knew that boy. You just you just hung around with him a couple of times. You know, I mean, but I knew that I helped raise that boy. So mm-hmm. Did, it's a different thing. 
You don't even know what kind of pudding he likes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <little> Chocolate. <laughs> Do you think her yeah. character being underserved this last season or so, though, is more from them just not writing her well or more from her doing other projects like her plays and Black Panther and all that stuff? I don't know. I, 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 no. I, I, I don't I don't think it's a matter of doing other things because mm -hmm. other other cast members have done other things, but also the show is very much focused on certain characters and not others. Yeah, and it's very much been a sticking point for me. I mean, I, I've not I've not she enjoyed the show nearly the... as much because it has this yeah. ensemble cast yeah. that it has nothing to do. Like you know, they like, did that with Tyrese. Like, like think about Daryl. Like, it's not like Norman Reedus is doing much besides riding motorcycles around, and he's a well liked character. What has he been doing? Nothing. nothing. Right. He had more not lines in this episode than like the, in the whole the half true. of the first season. Yeah. yeah. They do no, this I... silent. They do this silent warrior thing. The grunt with the alphas, and it's just uh, it goes too long because you know after all this time passes, then they come out with these motivations, and you're like, where does that come from? Like, well, because it's it's been devoted so much time to things I just don't have as much excitement for as other things that could be going on. And I read this, I read, and this is completely true. By the time this season ends, we'll have spent forty episodes dealing with Negan. Yep. <sighs> 40? Wow. No. Yeah, two, 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 two 16 episode seasons in the 32. back half of another season. And and the eight episode and the eight episodes of the last half we, of the other season. Really see him. Yeah, he was no, introduced him, yet, but like we, dealing we, dealing with the with the with his the, group with the saviors. With yeah, the saviors. It's true. It's true. That's been that's that's forty episodes of this show. Oh my god. That, oh my and god. That, and, and it very much shows because what have we been griping about? Like, yeah. the, it's like how, enough how already, long, enough already. How right. long we've been spending time dealing with the same nonsense over and over again. And it's okay. That why are we not dealing with other characters? Because of this. That's that's why. Man, that math hurts, man. That truth hurts. That's not good. <laughs> we, we just got, got a to lot the hundredth perspective. We just got to the hundredth episode of this show. And so forty like, of it had Negan. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> we had a lot of Negan, man. A lot. It felt like it. So I'm okay with a lot of Negan if they would have served the character more like he was in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. So in the basement again, Rick continues his pursuit of Negan, and he goes again. All right, Rick. Look again. I know what you're saying. He's one dimensional at this point. He just wants to kill Negan, but he had a little little wisdom to him here. He was, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't say much really at all anyway. But he's like, I've, I've not I've not knocked Lincoln's performance. I think he's doing everything he can. To oh make hell this yeah! I mean, he he is doing a great job here. Yeah, I, I like the taunting that he's doing in this episode. He's mocking him like Negan. I like it. Like he's he, like it. He's, yeah, he's trying to mock him just like he does when hey. he, he attacks people. And this is a lot for him. He goes, sooner or later, you were going to meet someone like me. Rick tells him, you can't save me. He blames Negan's inability to save anyone. And he goes, you don't care about anyone. He goes, you use people. You use them to bring you food, <laughs> to sleep with you. <laughs> so yeah. And Rick, and then, um, what does he say? He says, uh is burning Lucille, but he has another line. He goes, all you care about is this damn bat. And then at that point, Negan realizes, and this isn't in the script, I'm remembering this, Negan realizes that, okay, Rick's got it now. He starts to burn Lucille. At the same time, he's breaking down the the eater's uh, doorway, that kind of locked up doorway where there's, there's obviously walkers in there. It was just convenient that he found like alcohol on the floor, right? was able to light it on right. fire. That was actually pretty... Yeah. Pretty convenient, I did, I but did pretty like cool. that they threw in. I did like that Rick threw in that you, you, you basically raping women. I mean, you using you know like you're making these women have to sleep with you and stuff you like that. You make them sleep that with is, you. I'm I'm glad that that is 
thrown back out into his face because that's you know that, that's majorly what he's doing. You know, making them eat, they have to feed them their food and all this kind of stuff. So, Megan like, Weinstein. Keep, yeah, he can keep <laughs> he can keep pretending that he's saving everybody, but I mean, when you break it down, you know. You are, we, you are the. It's the true. King. He calls him on if his we, BS. Yeah. Look, yeah. When we look back on the, because we've been talking about this now, and I'm, I'm trying to think back to All Out War in the comics. Was there ever much of a, a concern that Rick's group in the comics was getting closer to becoming the saviors? No. No. no, no not really. No, right. No. no I no, didn't think. No. Didn't and so have that's that arc. that's all. That's also why, like, this is underwhelming how it's handled because, like, I think, like, Ru- again, going back to what Russ you said. I do think that is interesting to see a, see a perception of Rick getting close to the dark side enough to make comparisons between the two. Like that's something that is that's a way to lean away from the comics, and it's just it's not it's not delivering as much as it could on here. And you get a line like this from Rick, right. which is really neat. It's neat to see him throwing it all back in Negan's face, but it's like, well, that's it's not picking a lane as far as like, are we go- so are we trying to make it like seem show how close the two are, or are we just showing how drastically different they really are from each other i just it's, it's i mean because they in the comic it feels it felt like they did such a a better job of like showing the other communities before it yeah. going to hell yeah so that you kind of got more of a sense of what they're fighting for and it was more it felt more heroic when they were fighting this battle with negan's group like they the negan's group felt more even more sinister yeah, because so. of what was going on. Yeah, that's the, that's the, what I remember. That the, that the saviors were just awful. Like always, yeah. there's just yeah. nothing good about them whatsoever. I hated the saviors. That's why no, I had nothing. such. A, that's why I had such a problem with Negan in the books to begin with, because it was such a. To me, I know people loved him right away for some for some other re- various reasons, but I just I couldn't warm up to him just because he's swearing a lot and it's funny. I was just like, no, this guy's he killed Glenn. I don't like this guy. <laughs> like, no, he was horrible. He was, he's he a was horrible completely. Person. He was completely I, horrible. The only whatever, difference was yeah he didn't do outwardly uh, sexually assault people. And he made a point to not put that in there mm-hmm. like it was when they had to fight the, uh, the governor, the governor. Mm-hmm. you know, there was that aspect of it, even though he is still doing that, but it's not the same way as, as the governor was, you know, it did to Michonne and, and whatnot. In the right. Or in the TV show, Maggie too. Well, almost. Yeah. Maggie. yeah. yeah. Almost. I, mean, well, I mean, Negan's not a sadist like the governor was yeah. yeah no he his thing is to make you put you in a situation of you do this uh, your family eats you don't do this i'll put them in a situation where your family will probably die mm. slowly like that's not a choice it's that's really not a choice so after <laughs> negan charges into uh <laughs> into rick with the burning yeah he got that he, he got knocked mad. the door down he knocked rick and yeah. the door down okay at the same yeah. time in, into obviously a horde of walkers that were contained inside that door uh, walkers break free rick fights them off with the burning bat and a few catch fire right away they still which is- feel like they don't even care like it's funny how the and how the the all the walkers just don't matter like they just they knock them to the side they they bash them with the bat <laughs> like it's like they're in such a groove of hating each other that like, it's like is it a Batman thing stop like them. you ready to see Pow Zing like you yeah, ready like, yeah. is that, is nothing that kind of... can stop them from fighting each other it's like you get in the way you're gonna get hurt that's just basically what the <laughs> what the walkers were they just got in the way. <laughs> 
So Negan comes in to get Lucille back. This is a fight ensues. Yeah, no kidding. Negan gets a hold of Lucille and makes a break for it. Uh, he kind of like doesn't make a break. For, I think Rick slams him into a window, well, and then the window he, breaks uh, right, and then well, he, he kind of makes his way out. out. The wi- right, he jumps out. Though. I mean, we don't we don't see it again. It just kind of like right. it shows there's a window there. It shows it's breaking, and then you put you know but two plus two gone. is four, and he's right. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mick, Rick makes his way out and chases him. At the hilltop again, Maggie emerges with the crates filled with records. So she obviously decided to go with Michonne's and uh, Sage Hill's um, advice. Georgie accepts and says, you know what? I'll change the terms. I'll take this one box of records and give you most of my food in good faith. But she'll be going away and might not be back for a while. But she hands over the plans that she promised the knowledge to create windmills, aqueducts, grain, and more. And the book is called... The key to the future. There's a fancy font on the cover and everything. It's kind of a little so calligraphy. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, Georgie says it has been an evolving document since the coffee shop. Georgie and, or I think it's coffee shop, but either way. Georgie and her people back up and head out. So at this point now, Maggie has this kind of weird face on. Like, was she, you think she was impressed by that book? Like, she's like, this is a good thing? Or is she just like, this is it? Like, I mean. I think she was dumbfounded that. They, she was being so giving. I mean, okay, okay. Think, think, think of every almost not everyone, but you know they've encountered these these other groups. Uh, you know, other than the kingdom and and the hilltop, you, you know the other people they've come into contact with have always, if they've offered something and want something in return, they've been forceful about it. And I, I think she was just dumbfounded with the fact that like, hey, we couldn't even live up to your original deal but we gave you something and you and you're willing to to give us even more than you said you would Mm -hmm. for the for the full amount so um i really miss seeing a shot of um michonne giving a giant side eye to enid and going (laughs) 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 tell you little girl baby girl you don't know me i gotta find the interview somewhere I killed Natanya, Enid says to Michonne. I guess this is after the deal went down and they're on the they're on the wall or wherever they're somewhere. And she goes, I killed Natanya. I killed her and I'm alive. Carl saved someone and he's dead. How the hell are we supposed to do this? Are we supposed to just stop fighting? And I don't think Carl wanted us to stop fighting for our future. But I think he was telling us that to get to our future, it's going to take more than just fighting, Michonne says. We're going to fight them, but there's going to be something after. Meaning the savior is coming. I like that, by the way, when Georgie says, like, she'll be back and they expect great things. I, I was I, I wish that there was a bumper sticker on the back of her van that says, Georgie will be back in the Walker Cohen Infinity War. Exactly. <laughs> That's Meanwhile, Simon and Dwight return to the Saviors. Dwight says they only found blood. Simon asks, who are you to the men? And they go, Negan. And they scream, shout, Negan. He suggests they accept that the hilltop and its people will not listen. Against the plan, he convinced Dwight to get on board with this. Uh, he wants to kill every single one of them. So again, he, he they're a little shocked that Negan's gone, but they kind of immediately fall in the line. And Simon makes a rousing speech to kind of get them to fall in the line. Um, moments later, we see Negan, though, waking up in the passenger seat of a moving car. And I thought he was with Rick at this point. I go, okay, maybe Rick captured him or something. But no, nah, Rick, Rick probably would have killed him if he saw him. And then we see... It's Jadis driving, and she has a gun pointed to his head. 
and that's the end of the episode. And he he it's says, be "Interesting to see that play out." And what does he do? He laughs or something? Does he like laugh or what does he what does he say? He, like he does, he says something. And she goes, remember. "Shut up!" And something. And she punches him out with the gun or like knocks him out <laughs> again. <laughs> Some, it's like something along the lines of like, "Well, this just got interesting," like something like that. Yeah, yeah something well, like that. Well, yeah. looky here or something like that. Yeah, it's like, All right. <laughs> and that's the end of this episode. So. The saviors are following Simon now, seems like. For now, but I mean, as soon as Negan walks in the room. Yeah, they start kneeling. Yeah. See, like, the way it was set up, like, it looked like, like, if it wasn't, if Negan wasn't, because I didn't think he'd be unconscious somewhere else, so I figured maybe he just started heading back to his group, and I thought he'd, like, shoot Simon in the face right then. Like, I really thought there was a a chance that that was happening with all the speeching that Simon was doing right Mm -hmm. there. It was like. This could just end abruptly with Negan shooting him in the face. Oh, like, it could have. That could have very could've. easily, right? Yeah. But obviously, it's gonna, it's gonna, the, the saviors are gonna go on without Negan for a while. I think. I think Negan's gonna be removed from them at least for a little while. Yeah, I guess that's episode. how they take him yeah. off the board and ha- and they have mm. them do something very hard. Like Over I guess this is a way yeah. of giving. Like the battle is gonna be totally. It's gonna be horrible. It's gonna be. You know, they're gonna try to wipe them out probably, and. That kind of keeps, you know, and Negan seeing that, I, I could just see that Negan, Negan seeing that would change his, his motivations because this is not, even even with all the horrible things he's done, this is not what he wanted. He didn't want, you know, the the groups wiped out. He just wanted them under control. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'd be so. I, I hope that they go. Wow, let's not do exactly the comic. Let's. Let's flip it up a little bit. Let's let's shift it around. Do some do something different with this. Well, I hope. No, it's good. It's good stuff. Before we get to our Buster ratings, quick word from our sponsor. Who wants to take it this week? Our sponsor for this week's episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast is Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, and their sister site, InStockTrades.com. Uh, where you could get free shipping if you order more than $50 worth of material, which, given the steep discounts, you'll just keep piling stuff on, and it's super easy to get $50 in merchandise and have a big old box shipped to your house, which they will pack very delicately and make you cry the next time your Amazon package shows up on your front door (laughs) and how carelessly they've packed it. Um, but yeah, great stuff o- over there. You can get all of the Walking Dead trades, the hardcovers, the compendiums, the uh, the the omnibuy, what whatever your preferred format is. Uh, super cheap, usually between most of their hardcovers are between twenty five and forty percent off uh, across the different publishers. So fantastic deals uh, on hardcovers and trades over at InStock Trades. Uh, and then DCB Service, where you can get your regular monthly uh, books. Uh, you can pre-order them based on the previous catalog. Put in your order. I prefer the Excel spreadsheet just because I'm a I'm a weird uh, nerd when it comes to spreadsheets and just like the the tally and the total and everything uh, all at the bottom. And you submit that in and uh, pay for it ahead of time, and then they will ship your stuff as it comes in, depending on your method of weekly, biweekly, or monthly. Uh, shipping. So definitely check out dcbservice.com and instocktrades.com for all of your, not just Walking Dead needs, but your comic needs in general, Um, as well as statues and uh, cool collectible stuff too. It's not just all comics and trades. They they do have some cool stuff and a lot of cool Walking Dead related merch over there 
that you could pick up at DCB Service and InStockTrades.com. Excellent. Thank you, Russ. Only right. Russ can make spreadsheets sound like porn. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I didn't start talking about databases, my friend. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh man. Can, can, we do, can we order it on a database? No, just Excel, right? <laughs> Just Excel. Yeah. All right. Oh, God, uh, this is just getting nasty. I know. Yeah. Open, <laughs> open that access file, baby. Wow. So uh, let's do our Buster ratings. Aaron? <laughs> um, th- uh, I feel like three and a half Busters out of five. I think it's a solid episode for what it's doing. Um, I like the, um, the Simon-Dwight uh, team up. I On a visceral level, there was fun to be Rick versus Negan, even if somehow you miss swinging a bat at somebody, and uh, I like the Georgie <laughs> developments. I don't, I, I don't know when we're going to see her crew again, but I, I like that that was something different and random that I did not expect whatsoever, and it paid off with knowledge, which is always good to have. Okay, Richard. Uh, yeah. Uh... I, I enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, you know, it's the second week in a row of having more than Negan I like to see on this show. Um, I would have liked a little bit more of of what exactly is going on with this Georgie because I find the whole thing enticing, um, especially with the made-up words like moisture. But uh, yeah, all in all... That was weird. I, yeah, that was odd. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> I like the look Georgie gives the girl when she says it. Like, She's really, like, dude? It's almost like like, like, like uh, the, the king looking at Jerry. Like, dude, come mm-hmm. on, yeah. be cool, be cool. Be cool. Um, th- I have two Buster ratings for this episode. The real Buster rating of three and a half, but then the in my head with the extended car chase scene would have been a four. So I'm sorry, the imaginary one is four, and what was your real Buster rating? <laughs> Three and a half. Okay, gotcha. Wow. <laughs> Seems like we could have just said that. I'm saying. You guys are good out there. I'm telling I want, you. I want more car chase. That's all I want. You uh, and me both, brother. <laughs> Russ, how about you? Uh, I'll give this a 4.25. I liked it a lot. I, I thought that the Negan and the Rick interaction stuff, the flaming Lucille, all that stuff was great. And I really liked the Hilltop interaction. Again, the, the stuff we got with... Uh, Michonne and Maggie and Enid. Um, I, I just I thought it, I thought it just brought up some interesting interesting things. And then uh, Daryl and Rick reconciling I thought was was a, was well done. So uh, again, Nicotero delivered a really solid uh, episode on the directing front. You know they didn't. You know we're kind of he moved away from the auteur aspect of, uh, yes. of <laughs> thankfully television filmmaking yeah. and just kind of shot a good episode. Uh, so yeah, it was a solid. Uh, this is definitely an uptick. Uh, one of the one of the better episodes I think so far this season. So since we're talking about imaginary Buster ratings, if they would have hugged, meaning Rick and Daryl, would you've given it a four point five? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> All right, Daryl. <laughs> uh, my imaginary rating. <laughs> no. No, I enjoyed this episode. I mean, it did. I mean, it wasn't as long as Car Chaser. I would have wanted, of course. But, but I liked that whole, you know, Rick, I don't give a shit what's happening. I'm going to yes. kill you. Like, yes. I don't give a damn. Yes. It's, it's, like, I liked seeing that. I liked seeing Negan, you know, being put on his toes. 
I liked um, the whole dissension with the uh, with the saviors. I like I I like not knowing where this is going to go. That's a that's something too. Like I don't want to know exactly what's going to happen. I don't want to. I don't want it to be so laid out that you figure it out early. So I, I enjoyed all that. The new group coming in, like, you know, I, I enjoyed seeing what the deal might be with them. Um, and I enjoyed Enid getting, getting checked by Michonne. I liked that, you know, somebody was there to kind of step back, kind of tell her, you know, enough is enough. You know, like you are not, you know, you, you don't know about that life. You, you're not about that <laughs> life, kid. You know, you haven't been. You know, you, you haven't been there yet to to know how that feels, because um, you kill one person. Um, <laughs> 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 like just, it's a whole new world. One, you only kill one. Oh, Please, jeez. Carl's killing. Carl's killing. I killed a guy. Yeah, Carl's killing people. I killed life. two people for breakfast. Uh, he did. He practically did. I killed saviors. I killed everybody. <laughs> he killed everybody. Uh, but yeah, so I really, I really enjoyed uh, this episode. It was a step up uh, going on. So I, I give it a three out of five for sure because I really did uh, enjoy watching it. That's your real rating, three out of five, not imaginary. My real, okay. not imaginary, drug-free rating, <laughs> three out of five. <laughs> three out of five. Very wholesome. Well, lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim, how about you, sir? Well, my imaginary rating is pi over the square root of negative one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought this. I gave it a three point five last week, and I, this is a step up from that. I, I mean, I, I bought the obsessed Rick. Uh, I liked the introduction of what possibly could be something that I really enjoyed in the comics. Uh, I really liked uh, all the time with Simon here. I love the way it ended with Jadis. Uh, so that was a good, good, uh, nice little twist at the end. Uh, so I give it a four out of five this week. Excellent. Uh, 4.25 for me as well. I was thinking that the whole time, pretty much. I mean, it could have, uh, imaginary rating would have been, a, you know, like a 4.75 if the car chase had lasted longer and maybe a little bit more Rick and Negan interaction. Some, like Waylon Jennings narration there, yeah. you know. That, that, would have really been, that would have been a five. That would have been like a six at that point. I mean, if that would have happened, but I mean. Oh, well. Well, let me let me retroactively add my imaginary rating. It's baked potato. <laughs> a baked potato. A, a peach in a bowler hat full of gin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nice. Nice. So I'll, I'll give it a 4.25. It was definitely solid. Uh, yeah, the car chase was a bit of a letdown. I was expecting to see more than what I saw in the preview last week, but I guess that's pretty much that was the extent of the car chase. I mean, come on. They have a little bit of budget for that. They could have done a little bit more. They're not that expensive to do car chases. I mean... You know they could have done a little, little something, but I don't know. It's fine. I'll take, I'll take what they gave me. I really enjoyed more of the Rick and, um, you know, the Negan interactions. Whenever they talk, like even was it the episode before when they're on the walkie-talkie, just like talking to each other. I like, I like these two characters interacting and just it's cool. I just, I love the conversations between them. I think it's really, really, uh, it's just really a, a treat, I guess, if you will. So I'll, I'll take it. Some good action, setting Lucille on fire. Definitely awesome. So uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm definitely giving it a solid 4.25. But you know what? Who cares what we have to say? Our listeners uh, are amazing contributors to our Facebook group. So if you're not a member, please join the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. Just uh, do a search for that and hit join group. we let you in very quick. And you can leave your very own Buster ratings for The Walking Dead or, or Toby ratings for Fear the Walking Dead coming up soon. And uh, you get to hear your own ratings read by the one and only Mr. Jim Dietz. So, Jim, what do we got this week? 
Uh, we got a lot of good uh, good feedback from our group. And also, you can catch in the Facebook group by Aaron's Reviews every week from WeLiveEntertainment.com. He goes a little more in-depth on his thoughts on each episode every time we post that in the Facebook group. Plus, you know, the news and the memes and all the other fun discussions we have going on. So, you know, not only is it a chance to sound, up, sound off, but be part of a community as well. Uh, Charlie Messing starts us out with four out of five, maybe four, maybe even four and a half. Hell, four and one point one over two point three. Four and a half point three is that what it says? <laughs> yeah, we're like getting into like some really imaginary numbers. Is here. that an integer? I don't know if that's even a number. Okay, I don't, I don't know. If, whatever. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to argue with them, right? Uh, the best episode this season, and maybe even of all last season. It's really been a long time since I felt dissatisfied. I hope this is the start of things turning around for the better. Negan's love of that bat reminds me. It's almost baseball season. Let's go Mets. Hey, let's go Mets, Charlie. Yeah, man. Right there with you, buddy. Go, uh, Cubbies, go. Indeed. Yay, sports ball. Uh, Susan Monk, 3.5 burning bats out of 5. I'm uh, not sure about this new group, but at least it seems like they're trying to rebuild society without killing too many or any people. Uh, Negan's uncovered bucket of Walker goo conveniently splashed all over the windshield and not on him in the crash. <laughs> Actually, I have a little comment on that. Did you guys see how it was like just brushed on the windshield? Did you guys catch that? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't even splattered. It's like someone took a rag and just like wiped it on the inside. I don't know. That was yeah. that seemed a little weird to me. Like they could have done a little better with that. It's like, come on, like at least make it splash or do something weird, not just wiping it. I don't know. That bothered me. They need they need to put somebody on brain detail. <laughs> um, flaming barbecue walkers were fun. Simon's pitch to Dwight to make the saviors great again was not bad. Uh, Jadis recovered quickly, and Negan's got some splaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent Jones, 4.25. Rick's horrible batting average out of five. Rick can shoot a walker through the eye at 50 yards, but can only hit Negan with a bat one out of six swings. Other than that, I really enjoyed the episode, but it still only progressed the story a minimal amount, and I'm so ready for the story to progress. Sorry, Craig, that they didn't show more of the chase. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too, Brent. Thank you. True uh, Jeff Rhodes, I give it a three buster out of 16. Man, man people are just all over the place. <laughs> Wait a second. What does it divide uh, out to be? Hang on. What is that? Is that like a... <laughs> it's not high. That's what it is. No, that's not, that's not high. Damn. Uh, that's how many episodes I've seen this season, and that number probably won't change. I still want the second cast to be a feedback cast so I can... Uh, give feedback after listening. Hard to give feedback before I listen if I don't watch. Well, that's, yeah, there are people that don't watch and listen to the show, though, so. and, and we welcome yeah. everybody. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. actually really cool. So thank you guys. Uh, Three point five used records out of five from Mike Jones. Uh, I like the angle Simon is playing, but not how the show is executing it. I'd have had Negan walk right up on Simon during a speech. Instead, we get Negan held hostage from Jadis, who came literally out of nowhere. Uh, getting better, but they still have lots of work to do on this show. Uh, DeRay Irvin charts in five. Greg Nicotero should just direct all the episodes of Walking Dead out of five. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, Johnny Storr, five. I'm keeping it short for Jim out of five. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, best episode of the season right here. Story moved in all sorts of directions in a great way. What was Rick going to do when he first spotted the Saviors? Was he going to honk his horn? Why? I didn't get that. Funny how everyone has forgotten Aaron. Uh, Damn, Simon is going to be gone soon, and that bums me out. Uh, Also, the plans the new woman gave, the the windmill bread, etc. means Eugene is going to die. He's no longer needed for his thoughts on society. Also, fun fact. 
Maggie announced she was pregnant when Barack Obama was still in office. And <laughs> Kane and Kim and Kanye and Kim Kardashian has have had two kids since she announced she was pregnant on the show. Wow. Uh, three more episodes to go. Wow. Uh, I have a theory. And she's not even showing yet. Uh, um, I should probably skip this theory. It's just a read on the podcast, but maybe in the end. There okay. might be a little bit. A little bit of a spoiler there for something that goes on in the comics that we don't want to get into. Not that. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll put that in the spoiler section, Johnny. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Tammy Heisley, I'm giving this an episode of five. It's the first time this season I was fully enjoying an episode. I was on the edge of my seat and engaged. Good stuff. All right. All right. Uh, Robert Nigro, 4.25, world's most durable baseball bats out of five. Uh, I've been enjoying the very recent episodes, <laughs> i.e., Carl Sick, then Dead and Beyond. More than I've been enjoying episodes this season. Uh, this was pretty cool. Some action and interpersonal stuff and things, uh, which The Walking Dead uh, has been lacking during the first half of the season and all of last. It's pretty well telegraphed, but Simon going against Negan and trying to debate Dwight into agreeing is pretty believable given Simon's, Simon's recent history. I was rooting for Dwight to keep his trap shut, and he did disappoint. I like the Rick Negan basement battle with their constant taunting of each other in the dark was over the top. Uh, I did get a sense that they respect each other's strengths as enemies, which is pretty hard to pull off. All in all, I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected and thought Jadis popping in at the end was a decent surprise. Uh, Scott Homan, 4.75 Brotherhood Without Banners baseball bats out of five. Uh, best episode in a while. Loved everything about it except the three strangers in the van. Uh, guilt well, 3.5 layers of Negan plot armor out of 5 uh, best episode of the season but how am I supposed to find any of this even slightly believable when I know Negan isn't in any jeopardy <laughs> uh, Rick could have used a heat seeking missile and Negan wasn't going to die <laughs> so that whole thing did nothing for me that's really funny <laughs> uh, the only person who was in jeopardy last night was Enid girl lost her damn mind getting in Michonne's face you don't know me Michonne gave Michonne gave me life when she gave Enid her death stare and told Enid, back up. <laughs> and Enid no turned tail go. and running. Yeah, right. Michelle, Michelle, Michelle told you to chill out. You better chill out. Yeah, you don't want this. Step, step off. Step off. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that. Uh, she, may have, she may have tickled a bit on herself. Ha. Stay out of, stay out of grown folks' business, girl, and stay in your lane. Uh, Simon, right. is, Simon is a dead man walking because Negan is going to weasel his way out of the trash massacre and the Oceanside massacre by putting it on Simon. Sorry, still not buying this BS redemption arc. Still want Negan and his bat dead for all his other crimes and misdemeanors. Please, somebody kill this jackass. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of with Gail on that one, but it's not going to happen, right? So, Bill Coe kept, kept it short. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I'm okay with that, but okay. Uh, Bill Coe says I'm going to give it a three. Okay, Bill, thanks. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, five <laughs> flaming Walker Guts barbed wire covered baseball bats out of five. My favorite episode yes. of the series so far. I like the interaction between Negan and Rick, but is Negan indestructible? Surely the fall would have caused some damage. Uh, edge of the seat stuff. Roll on next week, and please, AMC, more episodes directed by Nicotero in the future. It's true. Uh, Mary Turkpecky, a four medieval achievements out of five. Uh, this episode gave me hope for the season. Georgie gave me the creeps. Looks like Simon's days are numbered. <laughs> I actually feel bad for Dwight. And I'm all sorts of impressed at Lucille's endurance. Looking forward to next week, and I haven't felt like that in a while. 
Uh, Rob Cook, 4.5. Where was my Nick and, or where was my Rick and Negan Duke boys car chase out of five? <laughs> we're right there with you, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, that was the only disappointment in one of the best episodes this or the last season. Simon is still the best character in the show, and so we'll be sorry to see him go. Who are the three strange people in the van? And Enid was really annoying. Ooh, she lost uh, some Chris points. Pierce. Yeah. Chris Pierce, four out of five. Who in the hell is labeling all the dangers of the apocalypse on buildings and inside? <laughs> Just annoyed they're putting foreshadowing on everything in this show. Actually, that sounds like a good idea for the mini miniseries uh, or a more useful community than, say, Jadis Center Garbage Pail Kids. Um, Barbara Nango shouts out, that, isn't that a callback for Don't Dead Open Inside? Right, uh, David the third, uh, 4.75 Burning Mans out of 5. I rarely get up from my seat, but this episode had me up a couple of times, excited at the action and the drama, except for how many bullets from Rick missed his target, Negan. Uh, it was weird being introduced to a new group, but the story seemed woven in just right. Uh, P.S. I like their van. It's way better than the one by B.A. Baracus. Whoa, 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 whoa. David, 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 back, back it up, man. Bold, don't, don't. Statement there. That's some bold words right there. I, I pity the fool. I pity the fool. All right. Whoa. I love it when a van comes together. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I respect that van. It had some big wheels on it, but come on, the 18 van. You're gonna say the come on. It's, Come on. And then finally, Janet Broom, four Negan's unhealthy relationship with an inanimate object out of five. Overall, a lot of interesting moments that definitely kept my attention better than other episodes this season. Loses points because that car chase was basically non-existent. <laughs> we was... didn't even get to see the actual crash. <laughs> no, now the rest of the trash group is now that the rest of the trash group is gone. I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens with Jadis and Negan. And like uh, Craig mentioned, join our Facebook group. You too can chime in with your uh, Buster ratings or Toby ratings if we're doing, uh, you know, the um, the Fear of the Walking Dead. And again, you can read uh, Aaron's reviews there, uh, plus all the news that's fit to print. So, excellent. Thank you, Jim. As always, no problem. Wouldn't be the same without you reading the Busters or the Tobies. So, guys, any final thoughts? The key? Uh, no. Moisture. No, really. Moisture. I didn't see. I actually, I didn't even see the preview for the next episode, so I don't even know. It made us aware that things were going to happen and people were going to yell at others. Gotcha. <laughs> actually, no. I, I did see it. It was with dark with uh, Simon's out there yelling at Maggie right across the hill. I did see that. Oh, what, what, was I wrong? No, you weren't <laughs> wrong. It just wasn't even so memorable. I couldn't remember for a second. Yeah. Like, what, what, what happened? I'm Michelle, like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's a scene of Michonne taking her uh, belt off and walking towards <laughs> Come here, little girl. And, come here, come here, little and girl. And her feet just running. Just, I got something. I got, I got something for you. Come here. Come here. Yeah. Let me talk come to you here. for a minute. Come here. Let me talk to you for a minute. Come here. All right, guys. So anyway, uh, definitely good show, and uh, look forward to next week. Where can our listeners hear us and uh, see what we're doing when we're not talking about The Walking Dead? Aaron. Uh, well, as Jim mentioned, I am covering The Walking Dead on Lilo Entertainment along with the show Atlanta, which is a lot of fun to write about. Uh, you can find me talking on my podcast about now with Aaron and Abe. Um, weekly, we cover the latest movies that have hit theaters. This week, we talked Tomb Raider, which is up now on iTunes and is certainly a video game movie. And um, <laughs> this coming week, we have Pacific Rim, which I'm very excited about. So lots oh, of things yes. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a commentary track coming, which I believe Jim will be involved with as well this this week. So yeah, lots of lots of new podcasts coming your way. 
And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. And with that, guys, I gotta I gotta take off. So it's a uh, good talking to you as always, and I'll see you guys next week. Dun, 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 okay, bye bye. All right, see you guys. <laughs> take care, man. Thanks, Jared. Yep, later. Yes. All right, Chubb. All right. Well, you can find me here on the Walking Dead TV podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and all the grams and books and whatnot at ChubbToad01. Um, and then I am also on the DC TV podcast weekly with uh, Jim and Daryl and our friend Jerry, where we talk about all things DC TV and sometimes movies. Okay, Mr. Latham. Uh, on this very podcast network with It's All Connected uh, and with Mr. Taylor on Gotham by Geeks on his Taylor network of podcasts. Okay, Mr. Taylor. Uh, yeah, you can hear me and Jim on Nothing's On every week. Uh, we drop a, a TV and movie podcast on you, and we, we talk a lot about what's coming on on TV and what's to come and and uh, flops for the year and great TV for the year and all that cool stuff and movies, too. Um, you can also, again, you hear me on, on uh, Gotham My Geeks with Russ, and you can also hear me on... Uh, retro geek, retro movie geek, where we cover a lot of uh, films from the 80s and earlier, and uh, a lot of classics and some that you have not even heard of, but they're fun to talk about. Very cool, Mr. Jim Dietz. Uh, on this very network, HWLD, catch as they said, the DC TV podcast. Uh, plus, uh, on the Taylor Network podcast, not only am I on Nothing's On, but I also do Heavy Gigs at Seaside City. It's a radio play cut from a uh, 70s RPG. Uh, it takes place in the 70s of uh, action movies and television. Also, Paradigm Shift, which is an actual play uh, uh, Pathfinder show if you're into the role-playing games. And very soon, we're going to be launching even another podcast. Uh, I've been told uh, on the, about the Americans on the final season Ooh. thereof. So uh, keep your ears open for that. That'll also be at HHWLOD, and you can follow me on the Twitters at Yoda Jones. Excellent. And when I'm not talking zombies with you guys, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, facebook.com slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host, Teddy K, review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, whatever else creeps into our heads at that particular moment. Uh, actually, tomorrow night, we are definitely recording, and we were going to be reviewing the 2018 Mitsubishi Outlander GT S. Uh, very cool SUV, so definitely, or a crossover, I should say. So stay tuned for that. Actually, we've got back-to-back crossover reviews coming up after that. So if you're in the market for a crossover, stay tuned for the latest episodes of Auto Chat. We've got a lot of them coming up um, and some other fun stuff after that. So stay tuned. Anyway, thanks for listening tonight, and who wants to close us out? When there's no more room in hell than the dead walk the earth, remember, vinyl never goes out of style. <laughs> That's good. Word. Word.
So I took her voice and I locked it. 